1: Justin Trudeau tells the truckers that you got to get off that bridge or else he threatens to send in the military and the truckers vote. We are not leaving. Joe Biden offered help assistance, or I should say the the Biden administration offered to help intervene to shut down these protests. And I got to say, that means it's working and it's obvious it's working and they have no answer to it. They need violence. When they they don't know how to handle nonviolent civil disobedience from just people sitting in the road, they freak out, they panic, they threaten, and they can't do anything because if the government comes in with a heavy hand against peaceful protesters, it will ignite a mass movement against them. We saw it during Occupy Wall Street. So we're going to talk about all that. We'll talk about what's going on with uh, the, the latest, the Freedom Convoy, and uh, we also have this. This this is a crazy story. Adam Kinzinger said that. If a civil war is to break out, and you think it's possible, there will be targeted assassinations. You know, the rhetoric on, I think this was MSNBC, he was saying this, on mainstream TV, it's getting absolutely crazy. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about foreign policy, Ukraine. And joining us to discuss all of this is Corey Mills.
2: How's it going, man? Thanks for coming. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so Corey Mills. I'm actually running for uh, Congress for Florida Seventh District. Uh, former combat veteran, business owner, father, husband, uh, and just all around good guy. Right on. True. Very simple.
1: Well, there Pretty you simple. go. Right
2: to the Used point. Used to be a contributor on, on Newsmax.
1: Is there anything else you want to? I did. Add, so maybe?
2: I was uh, a media contributor. I was uh, a DOD advisor for the Trump administration. So I was an appointee there. Um, so I used to write a lot with with foreign policy stuff over the last 10 years, and in particular, like the Middle East stuff. So I did a lot on, you know, covering Iran's movements, geopolitical stuff that was going around. Uh, I spent over seven years in Iraq. I spent over three years in Afghanistan and Pakistan. I was in Ukraine in 2015 when the Russians were coming across, or pro-separatists, as they like to call it, in Donetsk. Uh, so, yeah, traveled around a little bit, uh, seen a little things. Right on. Thanks for coming, man. We got Seamus.
3: Seamus Coughlin of Freedom Tunes. I run a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes where we create animated political satire. If you guys want to go check some of that out, we released a video two days ago that uh, people seem to
4: be enjoying that I think your audience would love. It's called Fed Talks. Oh, yeah. Very good. What's up, everybody? Ian Crosslin over here. Happy to see you. Corey, great to talk to you, man. Looking, looking forward, forward to brother. this.
5: I was talking to Corey before the show. He's exceedingly knowledgeable in all of the areas we talk about. It's going to be a great conversation tonight. I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Before we get started, everybody, head over to TimCast.com and become <clears throat> a member. It's not just about the members segments that you get access to. You know, we had Marjorie Taylor Greene and Thomas Massey on for a great members-only segment. But it's also that you will be supporting our journalists. You help make this show possible. And it's sort of the uh, the pay-what-you-will model. If you if you like the news that our journalists are writing, we got a shout-out from Matt Walsh today. It was, it was Matt, right? Yeah, it was. That yeah. was cool. Yeah. yeah, he was reading one of our articles, so mm-hmm. I, I I greatly appreciate that. Membership is what makes all of this work. So Timcast.com, become a member, and you can watch all of the exclusive members-only podcasts. But don't forget to smash that like button. One like equals one honk. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Let's get into that first big story. Yo, the threat of the military is back. Daily Mail reports Freedom Convoy votes to stay on the bridge and defy Trudeau's order to clear it by 7 p.m. The Prime Minister threatened that everything is on the table, including using the military, after a call with Biden to discuss Americans backing the protest. This is, this is an insane escalation. First of all, when I read this morning that Joe Biden contacted Canada, the administration was like, we're gonna help you with this, and you gotta shut it down. I was like, wow. Somebody tweeted, that the U.S. should invade Canada? I, I mean, I know I tweeted that, but someone tweeted it before <laughs> me, and I, I, it's it's a joke, right? We're not gonna. But now, I mean, the idea that the U.S. would get involved in a Canadian
2: protest. But like we talked about, it could be payback for the 1819 invasion, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Biden. Biden
1: was like, "No, a chance." Well, I mean, on, yeah, he was around. Yeah, he exactly. saw it happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly
2: right. <laughs> poor guy. <That's> exactly <laughs> yeah, right. Guy. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. You can't can He was can blame still him? in the Senate actually back then. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. This yeah. is like yeah. an example
4: of them trying to shut down something that's trying to shut down something that's trying to shut down something. You know, they're trying to shut down the combo. is trying to shut down the government, which is trying to shut down the people's access to their stuff. But I
2: love the fact that, you know, Biden and the Dems, they want to get involved and try and shut down this in Canada. But yet, where were they during the 2020 riots when they're out there encouraging it? And they're out there saying we should get in the face of politicians and we should. Why isn't there more widespread civil unrest? I mean, this was the rhetoric they were using back then because it was beneficial to them. And now all of a sudden it was like, no, 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 no. We have to be interventionists.
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: It's because it works. It's because they say these things and their voter base doesn't change. That, well, pe- that people will keep voting for them is, is astonishing to me.
2: Well, and the fact that, that we, we've seen, I mean, look, Secretary Gates, who was the Secretary of Defense under the Obama-Biden administration, you know, he had that live interview and they asked him about Joe Biden and foreign policy. He said, look, Joe Biden's the only person I know who's been 100% wrong on foreign policy. I mean, this <laughs> is his own Secretary of Defense, right? So now you've got him doing the exact same thing. And Democrats, they, they constantly talk about, you know, interventionism. I mean, look at us. We're involved in Russia, Ukraine now. We're now looking at getting involved in Canada. But why can't we even secure our own American borders and focus on an America first agenda, thinking about our people first? That's what I have a question about. I think the rest of the American people do as well.
4: Yeah, ever since we started. I mean, I don't know how you feel about the Federal Reserve and the whole international banking. I don't know if you call it a cartel or a scheme or what, but like the Bank of International Settlements in Switzerland, it goes through the the Federal Reserve of New York, the Bank of England, and the Bank of Australia, and then basically seems to be – it's a Swiss ba- – it's going through a Swiss bank. That's not an American thing. And so I, I have a feeling they just don't really care about American democracy. American people are a byproduct. And- well, well
2: I, I correct people on this, by the way. I, I hate when everyone wants to say, oh, America is the longest-serving democracy. No. Correct everyone who says this. We are a constitutional republic. People need to understand the difference between what it is to be a democracy and what it is to be a, a constitutional republic. We have democratic elections we are a constitutional republic and i always not to interrupt but i always like to try and correct people on that because you know that's a really big are Are we a democratic republic no we are a constitutional republic we are based if if you're a true you know what i I consider to be an american who is a constitutionalist who believes in our freedoms values and things that we stand for the things that we're supposed to be protecting which is why we have a military and things like this then you understand what it is to be a constitutional republic we have democratic processes but we are actually a
4: constitutional republic. Because within the republic, they use democracy to decide yes, yes or no. Yeah.
1: Well, we elect our representatives That's through the a democratic, democratic process.
4: process. And then they decide the, the yes or no through a democratic this is process the, the, again.
1: The reason they do this trick, it's a language trick. It always mm-hmm. is, and it works. They keep saying our democracy, our democracy, because <laughs> they want a direct democracy. That's right. Because a direct democracy is easy to manipulate.
2: 100%. I guess look, at,
1: look, at, look at it this way. Let's say you have uh, 100 people And there's, there's, there's four different categories of political ideology, A, B, C, and D. You need only win two of those factions plus one to control the system. That means that group A might be in favor of policies one and two group B could be in favor of policies three and four. You can come out and advocate against one of the group's interests, as mm-hmm. long as you can convince another group. So basically, it's it's kind of, you know, I I don't know if people can follow me on this one. The idea is direct democracy. You will have a majority unhappy population and you will be able to control them and they can't do anything about it. I'll give you actually, here's, here's a simple example. This is what I was told about Egypt during the second revolution. The reason it happened was because there were, there was a, a, like eight political parties or something like that. And the Muslim Brotherhood made up like 20% of the country, a minority. But because of the way they do their elections, they got the most votes of any group. The country is then ruled by the minority. So it's not the exact same election system. It's the same
2: thing in Iraq, and it's the same thing. That's why you continue to see this political turmoil, because what happens, the very people who tried to overthrow the government then say, well, wait a second, that doesn't work through force we'll create a political party and get enough people that support us in the elections and then they basically take over a sectarian democracy.
1: Yep. Yeah, we don't we don't want direct democracy. I've seen no. it I've seen it play out. It's uh it results in the in the impoverished, marginalized people being severely oppressed mm-hmm. and anyone who claims otherwise is outright lying to you and that's why we have an electoral college. Yeah, I mean, that's that's right. why we are a republic and to quote Benjamin Franklin though it may be apocryphal he said democracy or, or, he said democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what's for lunch a republic is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote
3: no I, I mean it's true a direct democracy is really just a I would say a, a cleaner more systematized version of mob rule
1: well so let's let's talk about this in the context of what's happening in Canada then if you've got uh, you know so so uh, Trudeau says it's a fringe minority hmm. and the media comes out and says, so well, it's only 500 truckers it's, it's a fringe minority now, some have said it's 50,000 truckers. I mean, either way, 50,000, it's a lot of people, but not relative to the 30 plus million citizens of Canada. So is that a problem then? As, as populations grow denser and denser, you need a smaller, smaller and smaller percentage of the population to enact change through even nonviolence of disobedience. Mm. Now, is that fundamentally wrong?
4: Well, you see it on Twitter. The density of our interactions have, have concluded or have condensed uh, on, online and social networking, we're all packed together now, and you see a small fringe group of psychopaths can completely warp the narrative overnight. That's very dangerous, but it seems like it's also human nature. So, so I assume we just gotta, gonna have to deal with it coming. I mean, this is, this is the challenge of our life. Or one of.
2: I mean, I, personally, I don't really see it. There's a big problem with this. I mean, look, they're, they're doing a nonviolent protest. It's, it's their right. I mean, look, if this is in America, the one of the things that, you know, I fought for when I was in uniform was for our constitutional liberties and freedoms. And one of that is freedom of speech and freedom to protest and freedom. You know, I'm not talking about the types of quote unquote protests that the Democrats were labeling when they yeah. were thinking that rioting and tearing down Chanel stores in downtown New York on Fifth Avenue was, was, was protesting. I mean, or I always love that, that picture where it's like the CNN guy with the fire like blazing behind him. He's like, well, it's a mostly peaceful protest. Protest. Yeah, uh, fiery, uh, but most people. A pe- fiery, mostly <laughs> but mostly peaceful, peaceful protest. protest.
5: Literally, this is what the... Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash Carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson.
2: But I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think that it is very healthy. And I think that I enjoy the fact when America or any nation rises together to show, just like with us, that we are the majority. We the people, not we the government. And I think that that's something that is really inspiring and something that I was, you know, was worth fighting for because that's what we want to maintain is those freedoms, liberties, and rights.
1: It's a good day. You know, constantly seeing the victories of these truckers. There was a, there's a, a viral post going around. We've talked about it how, um, you know, people are saying it's a workers uprising. Why is the left opposed to this? Because the mask is off. The left. They're fascists. They're overtly fascist. They're pro corporate, pro government. They've always been. They just didn't like that Donald Trump was the person in charge exactly. of one branch, right. one branch, one branch, and and he barely could could anything done because of the, the muck and the mire and the sludge and the swamp. Not to say that everything he did was good. He did some bad things. And it wasn't
2: just a left attack on him. You had the Republicans who were part of the yep. establishment and part of the swamp who were also stabbing him in the back. I mean the very people who was writing the coattails of President Trump's conservative movement are the same people who were secretly stabbing him behind because they wanted to maintain status quo. And why? Because they were getting paid off by big lobby. They were getting help by corporate. They weren't really wanting the America First agenda. They wanted the power elite status quo that they had.
4: Yep. I was thinking a few days ago about corruption, and then I thought, I think we need corruption in the system. If you have a system with no corruption, that means it's an authoritarian crackdown on everything. I disagree. I I, I
3: actually Uh, think the problem with authoritarianism is not so much that you have a strong authority structure. It's that the people on top
2: don't have to follow any of those rules. And you know the funny part? A lot of times it's not even that – you know, someone's doing something which is quote-unquote corrupt. What they're doing is they're finding the gray areas to continue to live upon. Mm -hmm. And they basically go, well, I never gave money to X. I gave it to Y, and Y gave it to Z, and Z gave it to B. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they try to find these little loopholes. And I think those are the things that, you know, government should be spending more time on looking at legislation that, one, improves the betterment of life. I'm all about limited government. I'm all about limited taxes and freedom of speech and our our, Mm -hmm. our Second Amendment rights, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, at the end of the day, what I want to see is, is government who are basically shutting down these loopholes and not spending 90% of their time sitting there just voting on continuation bills. Yeah, maybe yeah. there's well,
4: evil corruption and good corruption. Like if you have mm-hmm. a computer software program that's a virus and it's destroying everything and you corrupt the virus. Is that like
2: a good line or yeah, lie and a bad lie? Yeah, if
4: you corrupt the virus program and it no longer works, then you've stopped the virus. You did good corruption to a system. I'm not as well, sure we, about we, that. No, we were well,
2: talking about
1: this earlier. Destruction yeah. can be a good thing. So, for instance, we're talking about is it right to kill you know, even a bug or an animal. Well, sometimes you go hunting because the deer population grows mm-hmm. to grows out of control. You cull the, the the herd; otherwise, they would destroy the ecosystem, and then yeah. everyone suffers. Yeah. So sometimes you have to, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and I well, talked
2: about this with regards to trophy hunting as an example, right? So I, I went out, and people were saying like how how cruel it is to kill these you know large trophy elks, things like that. What they don't realize is, is that a lot of times you killing those elks at their prime is the most humane thing you can do because what ends up happening is a younger buck essentially challenges them, kicks them out and yeah. they end up wandering by themselves alone until they end up falling dead. So, you know, look, there's uh a, a, something to be said about this. I mean, I grew up in a in a very kind of I guess just above the poverty level, you know, kind of family and so hunting for us was a staple in order to fill our deep freeze. I mean, us buying one hundred and fifty dollars deep freeze to put on our back patio was a lot cheaper than trying to buy the meat that we would require for the whole year. Well, yeah, and
3: also if you if you go hunting, what you're doing is refusing to subsidize factory farming in a lot of instances, and so people talk all day and night about how cruel we treat our animals in this country. We're the but most. The familiar. reality is, yeah, but but also on top of that, I mean, hunting. If, if it's an animal you're gonna eat is one of the most humane ways to obtain it. Because like you said, you're preventing a far more cruel death. I think a lot of people have illusions about what nature is actually like because they've never spent any time in it. Oh my gosh. And it's not beautiful. Or, I mean, it is beautiful, but, I'll, but I'll put it this way. So it's removed. very painful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Exactly. It's beautiful, but it, it's very painful. And so yeah, hunting an animal, giving them a quick death so that you can consume them. I mean, you have people who thing literally, to do.
2: They literally think that, you know, uh, food is just wrapped in a package and sat in a grocery yeah. store. I mean, we're so removed from the process of agriculture. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. And I'm a huge agriculture advocate, right? So I'm one of those guys. I believe that food security and national security goes hand in hand. I think that we need to look at more production domestically. I think mm-hmm. that we need to support agricultural sector here domestically. Mm-hmm. And I think that stopping like drop shipments and importations that are actually, you know, hurting our local farmers is not part of the America First agenda. But, you know, again, People are too far removed from what it is to have a proper food supply. Like source
3: yeah i 'm not sure i 'm sure you guys may have seen this, but if not i 'll bring it to your attention years ago. I, I believe this is from the '80s there's a newspaper clipping from that era which which sort of went viral at that time and it is still floating around. but it was somebody writing into a newspaper and they said i couldn 't believe that you publish an op ed from a hunter. he should have just gone to the grocery store and gotten <laughs> his food uh, from people who didn 't harm animals to get it, which is hysterical um, but I mean I, I hear what you 're saying about f- food security. And I think part of the problem is people in power, again, they know that if the food becomes more scarce, they're not going to be the ones starving to death, which is sort of what I was alluding to earlier, Ian, when I said the issue isn't necessarily an authority structure. It's when the people at the top are above the authority structure and they don't have to follow the rules. I think when they're on the same playing field as the average person, they're much more cautious about which laws they're willing
1: to so pass. So maybe a corrupt
4: top is forcing people to become corrupt to change that corruption or whatever. Okay, I see what
1: you're saying. Well, let's talk about another big problem, of authoritarianism. And one of the big problems is stupidity. When you have an authoritarian system that allows really stupid people who lack merit to be on top, they do really, really dumb things, and they use force to impose really dumb things that break the system. Which brings me to this tweet oh my. by Juliet K. M. Juliet is a Harvard professor, oh. <clears throat> remember that point, and a CNN analyst, <laughs> oh, I remember CEO that. of Grid Mobility. She tweets: The convoy protest, applauded by right-wing media as a freedom protest, is an economic and security issue now. The Ambassador Bridge link link constitutes 20% of annual trade between U.S. and Canada. Slash the tires, empty gas cans, arrest the drivers, and move the trucks. Now, I'd like to just um, start with some uh, rudimentary math. <laughs> Slash the tires, yes. empty the gas cans, arrest the drivers, and move the trucks. How do you propose to move the trucks after you've <laughs> slashed their tires, emptied the gas cans, and arrested the drivers?
2: And how do you, in, how, how do you actually start moving and actually shipping things from coast to coast or across the borders if you don't have actual trucks to do it in? She says, it constitutes 28% of annual
1: trade because of the truckers! Yeah. <laughs> wow! See, this is, this is why I, I'm, you, you gotta be really careful about despotism and authoritarianism because this is a Harvard professor! Yeah. Telling people this, my response to this was, it's no wonder they think two plus two equals five. Right. They can't do basic logical steps. It was
2: like, it was like Joe Biden's infrastructure bill. It's going to cost us zero. And then all of a sudden everybody was like, how does trillions of dollars cost us zero? But that's their math. They, well, they, they they want it to sound that way, even though they know it's not that way.
3: When he was saying us, he was referring to like himself and his political allies. It's not going to cost dead. us anything. Yeah, you we're gonna, guys will pay that bill. Yeah, we're taking it
1: from your yeah. pocket, yeah. so yeah. it's free for us. I saw the us. word
4: security up here. It makes me nervous talking about national security before the show because it's become such an integral part of our society, this word, this concept, national security. didn't exist before 2003. No one ever talked about it. They used 9-11 and this war in Iraq to justify be afraid be afraid be afraid and we need to secure you let us secure you and now they're yelling out oh it's threatening my security like come on Dude, but but yeah, but, well- but let me just stress real quick once
1: again the security threat is the trade, but it's the truckers who facilitate that trade that That's she's right. threatening. It's like it's, it's a security issue if we can't have trade. So go after
3: those who facilitate it. Yeah, I mean, is what? The, what is there ever a thank you? Is there ever a thank you to the people who brought you your food and all of these unbelievably important things that we have to trade to have a sustainable it's, economy? No. Well, look, people are it, seeing
2: it now, though, aren't they? I mean, look. Every one of our restaurants or, or our, our grocery stores are on forced diets. I mean, we yeah. see the supply chain issues. We're seeing ships moored off on the coast that, you know, they can't actually come on. We see, like, the entire breakdown while Pete Buttigieg, you know, goes on vacation <laughs> and we can't get everything, you know, locked down. But the, but you're right. I mean, the very people who want to attack those responsible for transporting all of those are saying, you're impacting our ability to supply. Well, let's slash your tax. Oh, well, how's that going to help exactly? <laughs> well, it's like – An autoimmune disease. How do you destroy destroy an autoimmune disease? Treating the symptom without recognizing the disease.
3: Well, and and I want to make a point here. She's referring to these workers standing up for themselves as a security issue because that makes it more difficult for us to have a functioning economy. So... If making it more difficult to have a functioning economy is a security issue, then the most violent psychopaths we're aware of are all in government, because currently our national debt is at $30 trillion, Mm -hmm. and as of January 31st, 2022, that is $90,000 of debt for every living person in the U.S. I just want to say this. If there was a group of rioters or radicals who caused so much damage to the country, that it totaled $30 trillion, we would lock them up and throw away the key. Public perception would be completely against them. And yet we praise the state. And when people stand up for themselves and say they're not going to take it anymore, we demonize them and call them the security threat.
1: we don't. The cult does. It's true. And so that's why my attitude's lately just been like, yo, I don't take these people seriously. Especially like... If you look at my Twitter as of tonight, I've just been having so much fun. Oh, I've seen it. It's so been I, fun to read. Yeah.
4: Tim and, messaged and, me at 8.30 this morning. He's like, what if we've been taken over by mind, space mind worms? I'm like, he's in the right mode right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's find so, out.
1: So Ian's always got good, crazy ideas. Ian's like, Tim rolled to 20. I was <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching. No, no. It's because I was watching some sci-fi. I can't remember what it was. Where um, I was watching uh, a peacemaker, a peacemaker. I haven't, I haven't seen this. it yet. So, uh, well, well, then I can't spoil it for Cena. you. That's Cena. Is that Cena? John Cena? Yeah, John yeah. Cena. Um. Man, I guess this is a partial spoiler if you've been watching the series. So, you've been warned. I'll give you a few more seconds. I'm going to say it again. Uh I was watching Peacemaker. I think it's a great show. And a component of the show is aliens taking over people's bodies. So, I messaged Ian and I was like, "What if the aliens are invading the Earth and that's why they're telling everybody you got to go out and get the injections?" I'm, I'm thinking kidding it's, by well, the way. Well, just to be fair, the
2: DOD did unclassify, what was it last year or something that al- that they did actually have, you know, unidentified uh, flying objects did, didn't it, it was during the riots during the code lockdown i feel yeah. like
4: everyone's like had bigger issues they like they're like yeah whatever you know ufos <laughs> yeah, yeah got out it. Of the way. They're here. i'm ready to go out i think it might be well if it's anything maybe it's like a have you ever seen chimatics where like they vibrate um a membrane with sand on it and then they did the d- depending on the frequency it makes these crazy shapes if you look it up on youtube it's kind yeah, sound waves will. Yeah. and i wonder if we're being bombarded by vibration from extraterrestrial sources that are causing us to act no we're being
2: we're being bombarded by uh, ignorance sound waves and that's mostly coming from the left
4: Mm. it's coming from the tv it's coming
1: from cable
0: wi-fi mainstream Mainstream media but but, but hold
1: on I, i so ian i wouldn't call that rolling a one i would say that um i like the analogy imagine you've got you know brian stelter and rachel maddow and they're both on two different tvs with their resonant frequencies of fake news garbage and it's making regular people lose their minds. I have
4: put on, I took like five of my own YouTube videos and turned them all on at the same time and started listening and it was really soothing. I highly <laughs> recommend it, Tim. <to> <laughs> you guys should all try it. Dude. No, um, I'm good. The more videos, um, the better. I have a feeling if you put on like a thousand videos, it sounds like music, like ocean waves and music or something. Well,
2: okay. I-, I wanted to go back to a point that you're bringing up and, and, and we discussed it earlier, but talking about this national deficit that we're looking yeah. at, I mean, the 30 trillion plus dollars. And I wanted to, you know, one of the things we were discussing was that a lot of people are incorrectly. And Tim, you mentioned something earlier about using the wrong language. And you know, people are always talking about, oh, we want a balanced budget. We want a balanced budget. But I don't think they understand what that actually means. I mean, that would mean rapid hyper taxation, et cetera, et cetera. I think what people are really trying to say, what we need to control over is one, yes, we need physical conservativity. But what we need is we need to ensure that our GDP to debt ratio is basically what is balanced.
4: This is modern monetary theory. Like, you can spend as much as you want as long as you're going to create more profit That's exactly
2: right. And one of the ways that we are able to continue to thrive is, again, to go back to that America First agenda of looking at domestic production, looking at the ideas of controlling, like President Trump did, where we had oil independency. You know, we weren't approving other people's oil pipelines like Nord Stream 2 for Russia, who's economically advancing themselves and ingratiating themselves with Germany, who they control all their oil and gas. We had our own independence of this. I mean, you think about it in 2017, you know, in October, we were only importing like 21,000 barrels from Russia. This October, this past one, we imported 216,000 barrels from Russia. So if you look at that, we are literally with China and Russia, China always say is the greatest existential threat, but when you look at this, we're literally funding and economically advancing our adversarial nations while increasing our spending and not controlling our GDP to debt ratio.
3: I
1: think it's on purpose.
2: Of of course it is.
1: Yeah, Donald Trump was like, let's not do this. And Joe Biden was like, mm, let's do well, it.
3: Also, I, I just want to make a point here. With respect to MMT, I'm, a, I'm against that for a number of reasons. But one of the primary ones is we sort of saw a de facto MMT with the government printing trillions of dollars over the past couple of years. And I don't trust them to have any
4: more influence over the economy than they already have. The way the Constitution is written is Congress is supposed to control the money. But instead, they offloaded the, the responsibility to the Federal Reserve when they kind of secretly created it over Reach. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Now, if we gave the control back to Congress, are you saying you'd still be uncomfortable with Congress in control of it?
3: Yeah, well, I, I'm uncomfortable with MMT in general. For a number of reasons, it's a really complicated topic. But one of the issues with it is they argue we can print as much money as we want, and we won't have inflation as long as the economy grows at an equal pace to the amount of money that we're yeah, printing. Yeah, but see, but this is going back to the GDP. There, this is the yeah, GDP well, that ratio. It, it, one of the difficulties with that, though, is then you have to depend upon the government to generate the proper work programs in order to get people fully employed while they're printing no, see, all this, of the money. No, see, this
2: is where I think is the falsity. I, you know, like President Reagan used to say, "If the, the scariest words ever is that we're here from the we're, we're from the government, we're here to help." Yeah. I mean, look, the reality is that. Americans create America jobs. Yeah. You know, the every time that the government has tried to come in and build our economy or stop unemployment or things like this, they have failed massively and they've only served to do things like bailing out of cylindra. You know, remember remember Obama's cylindra, the one point yeah. one billion dollar scheme basically which yeah. what it was? Look The the government needs to get out and stop over-regulating American businesses and allow us. You know, that was a great thing about President Trump's tax reform. I know as a business owner that we were able to take that money and bring on more people in the state of Florida to work for us. And that enabled us to do more with our money. And that's exactly what government is supposed to be doing is enabling you, not over-regulating you.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And this is interesting because you were sort of mentioning earlier uh, an increase in taxes in order to balance the budget. But what a lot of people don't consider is the fact that tax cuts can actually generate more revenue. And the Trump tax cut was an that's example right. of that. The media repeatedly said that we ended up with an increased deficit that's because right. of those tax cuts. But that's not true. We ended up with a 5% surplus over what we were expected to have, but we spent 10% more. I like, you, and I that's what why he, we had the what he Did he with that money,
2: by the way? Which is brilliant. He took some of our extra and additional money and he plussed back up our oil reserves. Uh-huh. Did you see what Biden did when he came back in? He actually sold some of our oil reserves to China.
1: Wow, amazing! <sighs> I, mean, I like to, I like to explain this with a story. Um, many of you may have heard, many of you may not, because uh, I've told it before. But um, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine's dad, was explaining to me why raising taxes had hurt tax revenue in Cook County, Chicago, basically. And what happened was they increased the tax by like a fraction of a percent. They ended up losing a ton of money because it's uh, – the example given to me was he's like, okay, I'm a contractor. I'm going to go to Home Depot and I'm going to do a big order. It's going to be thousands of dollars. At the end of the year, I got to calculate how much I spend at Home Depot every time I went in for supplies. When they raise the taxes, that could be $20,000. Mm-hmm. If I drive an extra 10 miles, takes a little bit of time out of my day, I save 20 grand,
3: I'm going to do it. Absolutely, and That exactly. means the
1: revenue is going to a different county. Correct. Well, and- so raising the taxes – They lost money.
3: Yeah. And so left-wingers will often scoff at the idea of the Laffer curve, and they'll even call it pseudo-economics. The reality is no competent economist on the left or right denies the existence of the Laffer curve. Left-wing economists tend to say that parabola peaks at a higher tax rate, so they'll say you can tax as much as 70% in certain sectors, and you won't end up negatively affecting revenue. I think that's ridiculous. Conservatives tend to say it's more at 20%, but interestingly enough the amount of revenue the federal government has pulled in has generally hovered around 20%, regardless of what the tax rate was. Well, you know, I was thinking about something um, just with everything that's been
1: going on, especially with uh, the the establishment left's opposition to the convoys and everything. We really are in, in an era where if one side is for something, the other side is against it, which is really dangerous. It leads us to serious conflict. You know, uh, the Alec Baldwin story is a good one. You know, Alec Baldwin sh- should have checked the gun. This should be a, a, a grand slam for the left who says we need gun control and regulations. But now all of a sudden they're like Alec Baldwin did nothing wrong by not checking a gun yeah. and shooting them in the yeah. chest. It's crazy. So I started thinking about it. And I'm like, maybe we should they roll with their it. Own. Yeah, well, well, maybe we should roll with it. And then when they say tax the rich, we say tax the poor. It tax, tax the poor. That's what kidding. inflation is. <laughs> I mean, look,
2: inflation is essentially you know invisible taxation. And we were talking about this earlier. On the I poor, mean, on the poor specific, also, specifically. Well, I, I mean, the middle class is the one who takes it the most, right? Because that's what they're looking at. Look, there, there's one economical principle I can guarantee. And this is the, the principle why socialism doesn't work. You cannot multiply wealth by dividing it. Mm-hmm. That's a simple Amen. and common thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So, but what they continue to do is they think that, I can't get certain tax regulations or tax legislations you know, in because we don't have the majority and the Senate. We're at a 50-50 and I can't necessarily get it passed because people won't take it on for the left. So what they do is they just continue to print money and it's just taxation through inflation which is exactly what they're looking for or defunding of our military which we talked about earlier. Do you see that CNN article
1: that was like inflation is good for poor people and bad for rich people. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, it's, look, it's, it's the Hunger it's bad Games. for everyone. That article, uh, but it's substantially worse for the poor. That's right. That article was... I'm like watching the Hunger Games and Stanley Tucci is sitting up on stage going, don't worry, inflation is bad for the rich people. <laughs> I'm like, if you're rich, you can convert your, your – That's li- scary
2: good, by the way. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. That's scary good. If
1: you're rich, you can convert your cash into real estate, into gold, into Bitcoin, into hard assets. And if you're poor, you can't. It's Or I should yeah, say, right. you can't. It's just substantially harder. So every day, your bank account has lower and lower buying power. That's right. Rich people are like, about a painting. thing.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, and interestingly enough, inflation is literally as flat as a tax can get. Everyone loses the exact same percentage of spending power off of every dollar they have. You made a point earlier about not being able to uh multiply wealth by dividing it. And I think there's one exception, and I believe you'll agree with it based on what you've said, but there is one way to multiply wealth by dividing it, which is just through voluntary trade and people who own their own businesses making the decision to Spend in specific places so that their money goes to right. somebody who's making a product that adds wealth to the economy. But when it comes to the federal government doing it, they're completely
4: inept. You could uh, d- to grow wealth by dividing it. Like one way would be like if you're with a bunch of people in a tribe and they don't have shoes, but you need to go hunting, you could give the, give everybody a little f- a pair of shoes of yours. That's distributing your wealth, and now they can all go hunting and they're going to be better at it. And that, so that's that's called an investment, though. That's exactly right. So that's yeah. dip, yeah. so giving, but what I gave them the money, and, to and go that, buy, that's also I, done
2: I by the people and for the people. You know, it's not government basically just printing out dollars for their own agendas, me, their let, own points of legislation. But let me, let
1: me, let me give you a better example, because I, I do like where you're at on this idea. You know, that, that you could have a bunch of shoes, give them out, and then everyone is better off. But uh, the problem is, what our government is doing is there's a tribe of people, and one guy has, you know, five pairs of shoes, everybody else has one, and there's one guy with no shoes. So the chief comes in, takes four of the pairs of shoes from the rich guy, and then sells them to pay for Pakistani gender studies. Yeah.
2: Well, 25 million, actually. But but right. remember that was technically though, and this is what I love. Let me tell you, the Democrats have gotten brilliant about the labeling of bills. And 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 like, for example, the bill you're talking about, the America Rescue Bill, where twenty five million dollars goes to Pakistan for gender research programs. How does that help the average American I know myself, I was sitting at home thinking, God, I really wish my money could go to gender research in Pakistan. I mean, yeah, that yeah. Exactly yeah, I was, that was really opening. concerned.
3: And here's the question that nobody asks about this kind of thing. In some circumstances, you might be able to argue that foreign aid is a legitimately charitable thing to do. But can you name a single country that went from a developing country to a developed country because the United States government threw enough money at it? When has it ever worked? Well, yeah, not Afghanistan. That, but- <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Look yeah. at that.
4: Yeah, uh, well, I, I guess, guess <laughs> that, that's a touchy one. I mentioned me it right to right Thomas now. Massey. I was like, why don't we just, instead of giving aid, borrowing from the Federal Reserve, giving it to another country, why don't they just borrow it from the, from the Reserve? But what I should have said is just why don't they borrow it from their own central bank and leave us out of it and then accrue their own debt? Why do we have to they borrow money? They don't accrue- have, so like in an instance
1: of, instance of Afghanistan, they don't have the resources or wealth to trade with other countries for advanced technology and development
2: well but what about china who just came in there and they're looking to harvest 1.3 trillion dollars of lithium and who are they going to sell those renewable batteries back to America. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, again, there, there, all of these countries have, for the, for the most part, something. I mean, people are like, oh, well, what do they have in uh, Kenya or Somalia? Well, they got oil. You know, we saw that in Lake Lake Turkana around that area. So you know, it's the same thing with Afghanistan. You know, they're like, oh, it's nothing but rocks. Well, it's got 1.3 trillion dollars. First off, in, in lithium. Not to mention that it's got one of the most mineral rich areas for rubies and emeralds in, in in the entire country. And who's who's harvesting it? China. Why don't we invade Alaska? <laughs> With I music,
1: mean, it's it's kind of the joke we have. You know, when we have Jack Posobiec here, or like Daniel Turner. They're they're both like invade Alaska. I mean, there's tremendous resources there. Why don't there we do it? Why don't we? Why don't we use our well, own again, resources? Th-
2: this is the funniest part. We always talk about you know the left. Again, the left always talks about climate and environmental you know things like this. But we're one of the most environmentally friendly like. Nations that you can think of. I mean, we are exceptionally responsible with our harvesting principles. Uh-huh. We are exceptionally responsible. I mean, look. W- one of the best examples I have: people in Florida were attacking the U.S. sugar and some of these companies, saying that they were actually destroying the waterways. They weren't talking about runoffs and spill offs and like that. They pointed it to the fingers of agriculture. What they didn't look at is that this same company overgenerates through their refineries, twenty five thousand kilowatts, and gives it back to the actual people. But so so we're one of the most responsible, but yet we'll go and buy oh, yeah. an import from China, Russia, and all the others who have the least responsible way of harvesting. Point. And then we're okay with that. Again, it's like your food analogy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, why would you kill that animal? Why don't you just go to the store where you – know. <laughs> No animals are <were> harmed. <laughs> exactly. I mean that's, that's exactly what we're looking at. Agreed, oh, man. We, we want to prevent ourselves in America from being able to do things which we do more responsibly. But we're going to turn a blind eye to how it's, it's done tr- abroad. It's a big trick. It's, it's a hypocrisy. Big trick.
1: The, so a lot of people complained about Trump the uh, Trump administration removing environmental protections for companies. And then not realized was that was because it was bringing companies – it was the only way to bring companies back to the United States. So pros and cons. I mean, you can say it's a bad thing. By all means, you're free to say so. I'm not saying it's a good thing. That's why he did it. When we say to a company, you've got to spend more on your minimum wage, when we say we're going to raise your taxes – When we say we're going to regulate you to make it impossible for you to work, and then we say, but any product you make overseas can enter this country with no taxes, what do you think those companies are going to do? And by the way, I would would
2: completely abolish the EPA. Let me me just tell you, as a business owner, they literally were – I wanted to create a – a training facility for one of the law enforcement departments, right? And they, were, they they had someone who came out and did an environmental study to make sure that there was no ferns or any type of, like, protected thing out there, right? So they said, oh, no, 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 you can't build here. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, they were like, unless you pay the $60,000 environmental credit, and then we'll allow you to do it. I mean, look, it's the Credits. biggest scheme in the world. I mean, I had to actually ask the EPA for permission to build on my land that I owned that I was donating back
4: to the law enforcement department to be able to train on, and then had to pay a sixty thousand dollars credit. And in the meantime, glyphosate. There's there's studies and evidence that it's causing cancer and farmers and but Monsanto somehow is now using it. Okay, it's it's a it's an herbicide or it's a it's a fungicide and it kills bugs basically. So they're spraying all these crops with this Roundup. Now they're using it as a desiccant, meaning before the vegetables are ready to be harvested, they're not dry, so they spray it with Roundup to dry them out <laughs> and then they harvest it. Talk about unethical or Practices, harv- agriculture practices we have this wonderful organic system that you've got to pay massive amounts of money to get your stuff registered through and then they're, they're desiccating our crops with, po- with you know, toxin
1: I've, I've heard these stories you know like you were mentioning about uh, the, the fee and everything I was watching a video where uh, a, a guy apparently was was working on his own land and then one day someone shows up and said, "You have to stop the development of you know your, your property yeah. because we saw a bird." They said... You know, I've even had
2: them have to come... You, you had to pay money to destroy and properly return the land back to what it was prior to your building Wow! because they saw a certain kind of tortoise in the area. <laughs> or, in, in Florida, for example, not only do you have to go through the EPA roundabout, but then they have to do an ancestral study to make sure that there was no Native Americans who had, at one point... I mean, they find a an arrowhead or something, they're like, oh, no, 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 this was an ancestral land, therefore you can't build. Yeah, but
1: like... Everything is agreed. Know? So, That's so it's exactly either right. either,
2: you know, either there's
1: there's uh, reasonable development, or there's no, or there's or there's none. I think reasonable development of, of any land includes real environmental protections. Agreed. Obviously, like we don't want you dumping waste in the rivers and things like that. When you're building a septic system, you'll need like the you know um, you need the, the pits, uh, etc. What is it called? What's the field? The leach field. You'll need a leech field and all that stuff. You know, you gotta make sure it's not running off on someone's property. But when they can abuse their power, the government does. And they are, they the, will.
4: The, um you got the, uh, what are they called, neonicotinide pesticides, which are now, there's evidence that it's disrupting the, the bees are like getting it in their system, and then they can't find their way, and then they die off, and they think that's causing colony collapse disorder. It's really irresponsible for the Environmental Protection Agency to be giving Monsanto this kind of power, which is now Bayer. Bayer purchased Monsanto because they wanted to get rid of the bad press from the name. That right. it sound, it sounds like a 20 to me. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is what
3: people fail to realize. Whenever you have these large government agencies coming around to regulate any sector of the economy, they just end up in the pocket of the highest bidder. So of course Monsanto is going to get away with everything they're doing.
1: And then for some reason, when you criticize the big corporations (laughs) that are ripping us off and the government that's selling us out to them,
2: you're the fascist mm-hmm. no no no. now you're a domestic terrorist oh yeah, yeah they remember the i mean no, they, they they up the ante on this now i mean even poor parents who are just wanting a, a balanced curriculum in their neighborhoods are domestic terrorists i mean this this has been that's crazy. something that they're just throwing out and, and this is this is why though i think virginia turned red and i believe this because kitchen table issues you know parents have a right you know i'm a father so i've got two boys 17 and 7 and so I can tell you right now, do I care about my child's curriculum? You're damn right I do. And these teachers' unions are running like the EPA or any of the other big government, and they're just saying, well, it's our way or the highway. And if you oppose it, well, you're a domestic terrorist.
4: Yeah, that, that's what I don't like is when you oppose the government, and then all of a sudden you're considered evil because you oppose – Or you're put on a watch list. Yeah, a yep. government. It's a fascist government. Well, I mean,
1: let's, let's – Yeah. Let, let, let me pull up this uh, this next story now that we're kind of getting into the, the thick of things here. We got this story from Newsweek targeted assassinations coming if civil war breaks out. Adam Kinzinger. Adam Kinzinger has uh, spoken on this issue. He spoke with, I think, CNN and and The View, and he said that there's a real possibility of civil war in this country. And it's coming from a guy who is, I wouldn't even call him a Republican at this point, but it's kind of weird because what left and right don't mean anything anymore. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican is also mostly meaningless because you could be an establishment uniparty Republican. You could be a progressive Democrat or a corporate Democrat. This is just a guy who hates Trump. He made a very, very good point, though. He said people are separating into tribes. People don't live in the same realities anymore. And he believes that if there is a civil war, it's going to be targeted assassinations. That's that's going to be the level of conflict we see. I certainly hope not. But for all the people who, you know, even to this day still, these establishment leftists want to mock me, saying that I'm crazy for bringing up this idea of civil war. It's really funny now when I'm, you know, trolling on on Twitter and I see them posting like, you know, I used to make fun of him because he wouldn't stop talking about civil war. But now The Guardian and Newsweek and, and and even The New York Times are talking about it. So like, I don't know, man, maybe something's happening. It's like, yeah, maybe I wasn't wrong to say I feel like we're heading in this direction. When you've got people that are choosing their politics based on whether they hate you or not, like the Alec Baldwin thing or the Freedom Convoy, the workers of the world are uniting and the left opposes it. Yo, this makes literally no sense.
2: The people who literally say that they are for the blue collar is exactly the ones who are trying to constantly attack the blue collar.
1: It's, 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 it's backwards.
2: And look, under President Trump, the one thing I've talked about, and I talked about this with Congressman Jim Jordan, you know, the Republicans were looked at as kind of the wine and cheese party for the longest time, Right. What President Trump did was he brought it back to where the Republican Party is about the beer and blue jeans party. Yeah. We are the party of the American worker. We are the party of the blue-collar worker.
4: And that's what I love to be a part of. That changed so fast in my lifetime that the Republicans became the blue-collar party. party. Well, you know know why? Democrats are white-collar. What the heck? The
1: Republicans and the Democrats were both corporate shills. The Democrats feigned supporting the working class. When Donald Trump stormed the gates... The establishment uh, Republicans fled the Lincoln Project. They're Democrats now. I mean, they claim they're they're principled Republicans, but once they have accomplished their mission, we're going to make sure Trump doesn't get reelected. They come out and go, eh, donate to us anyway because Republicans are bad. It's like, or uh, or okay. to our
2: sex scandals that went on in Lincoln no, Project. Yeah, I mean, let's ignore bad. those. Let's ignore those, right?
1: But I'm I'm you know you know with, with what uh, Kinzinger is saying, we also have another article from the Guardian that where they said we're in the Civil War. It's it's here. We've had uh, the New York Times saying it. Ray Dalio, a billionaire, has come out and said it again yesterday. That if you look at legislation in this country, Republicans uh, are being accused of voter suppression. Democrats are being accused of stripping voter security. Neither side agrees the other side is working, you know, honestly and legitimately. I don't think it matters if who's right. You know, you're you sitting at home. You think, well, I know which side is right. You know, we're right. I'm right. That's not relevant to the point. The point is, if neither side agrees. They both think they are right. It doesn't matter who's It's kind of right. like fighting you know, is going to start. The
4: Democrats are looking at the ship and the captain, as in the ship's a ship and it's sailing, but the captain was psychopathic. It was Donald Trump. And we can't have a psychopath piloting the ship. The Republicans are looking at the Democrats as the ship is shooting explosives in every direction killing everything around it. But so it doesn't, they're not less, it's less about the captain to them. It's, but... It's no, more, no, I, I, you I see, but I, I think I,
2: that we're at the political civil war. I, I don't think, I, and, and it's and it's spiraling out towards the American people. So, what's happening is is that you know President Trump came in and he kind of unveiled that there is corruption and all this on both sides, and he wouldn't be part of the swamp, he wouldn't be part of the establishment because one, he can't be bought, and he didn't need it. But the thing that we're we're, we're seeing right now is where people have woken up. And, and it's, it's, it's now where we have identified even more strongly the two-party system and we're on opposing pendulums. You know, it's now swing extreme left, swing extreme right, and the people are reacting to that. But, you know, here's the
1: issue, and to address what you said, Ian, as well, it's not going extreme right. It's going center-right, far left, center-right, far left. If you look at Pew's research on this, from 1994, there's a, there's a scale from zero to ten, zero being far left, ten being far right. In 1994, the Democrats were a five. They were centrists, and the Republicans were a six, center-right. In 2004, the Democrats moved over, I think, to a four, jumping one point to the left, and Republicans jumped about a point to the left to a five. Republicans are at a 6.5 right now. They're a half point more right wing, more conservative than they were in 1994, but Democrats jumped from five to a two, meaning they're three points further left the jump is absolutely oh, from the left no not the no right. no
2: argument that they're the most radical zero argument on that i mean and and the, the problem is, is that we have to try and balance the scale as cons- I, I tell people all the time like look it, it's like this glass right so i'm a conservative the republican party is nothing more than a repository for the the conservative ideals that i have the problem is that we have too many republicans like adam Kinzinger, who claims to be a republican who are not willing to protect and not willing to actually help to conserve those values that are actually in there that makes us republicans that's that's the difference or americans or americans what's the, what the genuine and that's what it is so it's so americans versus anti-americans now that, th- that's what it comes down to it, it really
1: is and um i think it's funny because it's the old trope of uh glenn beck or hannity you know they hate america and i'm like well they really do they they right really, the i don't story. know i don't yeah. want to
4: fall into that no they do bro bro <laughs> i don't think there's a they, man i think we all want different you things see, we all love america and want it to be different
1: Technically, you're right. There's no they in that when we refer to the left, it's a, it's a very, very large group of different political factions with shared common interests, but it's, it's, it's not completely unified. Corporate Democrats obviously don't want communism. The communists don't like the corporate Democrats, but they unify around certain issues. The same is true for Republicans, center-right, traditional conservatives, religious folk. You've got the post-liberals who are now finding themselves with Republicans, and that's a pro-choice, pro-life dis- disagreement. But the issue, I really do think, comes down to a few fundamental issues. Do you like this country or not? Do you think this country is inherently evil or not? Do you believe in the Constitution? Are oh. you authoritarian or libertarian? There is a they. When we say that, I'm referring to people who outright
4: don't like the Constitution. So constitutionalists and I don't
1: like to it's say anti that.
4: because of the codependency or left the counterdependency and right, that it's that just lef-
1: Left and right are two words that mean basically tribe one, tribe two. Yeah. Yeah. Call it tribe A and B. You know, how about this? It's true. You know, we don't want anyone to be lesser, so we'll say Tribe One and Tribe A.
3: <laughs> nice. And now
1: everybody can be, you know, whatever. But when I look at Adam Kinzinger, and he comes out and he says there's going to be targeted assassinations, you know, the, the the right has lost their mind or whatever. I'm like, bro, you're the one on the January 6th committee issuing these subpoenas and trying to put the the former administration in prison.
2: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at
4: chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. D W a void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, eighteen plus. And I'm not talking about the the investigation. I'm talking about filing subpoenas against former staff members and threatening them with prison because they refuse to comply with what what the other side views as unconstitutional.
2: Well, Well, let me just just ask this question, though. You know, he's acting like this is something new. Are we not calling the incident that involved uh, Representative Steve Scalise a targeted assassination? I mean, we had a left winger who came out and literally shot... And nearly killed Steve Scalise. Mm-hmm. Almost so, a bu- so, killed a bunch of people. That's that's right. I mean, so no, my listen. point is, is that you know the, the, he he can't say that it's just now. What what it well, is no, for me? No. For for me, this is Adam Kenzinger just trying to stay relevant. For me, this is Adam Kenzinger trying to position his next job next to Whoopi Goldberg he, or on he, the CNN.
1: He may be late to the party, but he's not wrong.
2: I'm when not saying when he's wrong.
1: when Rand Paul got attacked and he, l- he lost a piece of his lung, that's they right. celebrate it to this day. If they thought it was hilarious. Not it every is. single Democrat. No, but but a lot of them. When Donald Trump was attacked at the White House, and they tore the barricades down, set fire to a guard post, and torched the church, and Trump was ushered into the emergency uh, bunker, they laughed at him in the corporate press. The problem with – they talk about right. insurrection,
3: attacking right. the White House and breaking down the barriers and assaulting federal agents. I think that qualifies – as
1: threatening the safety like of
2: the president of the United States. States. Yes.
1: Yeah, and they exactly. Laugh. To this day, they laugh that they You're did absolutely it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so when they come out and they cry, oh, it's an insurrection. I'm like, yo, I literally don't care what you think. Y'all are celebrating. You know, what? I'll say this: your booze mean your booze mean nothing. I've seen what makes you cheer. Never a more apt statement. I know it's a joke from Rick and Morty, but it's completely ap- applicable. These people cheer. When they try to burn down a church in front of the White House and try to breach the barricades and injure federal federal officers, set fire to a guard post, and then they boo when right-wingers riot at the Capitol. Yo, I, I don't care about who's right or who's wrong. The fact is both sides are engaged in an escalation of hyperpolarization. Yep. And I think there, there I, I don't see any way this 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 comes back together.
4: It's sort of I think that we need the to great teach divorce. the children. We need to teach start teaching the kids now because what's what's going to happen is they're going to laugh at other people's trauma, violence, and like see someone else get hurt, a political rival, and they'll laugh. And then kids will see that, and as they grow up, these people don't realize they're laughing at their political rivals getting hurt. But if if kids see that and then decide they don't like you. And you were the one that was hurting that, laughing at that other person? They're gonna start doing that to you and laughing at you. It's gonna yeah. become a cycle. It's already happened. So, there have been kids
1: yeah. who have
3: been brutally beaten for not wearing masks.
1: We
4: need to help the kids. Wow. We really need to seize control of well, the narrative and communicate to these children.
3: Well, it, this is the thing. It's not just about the radical left. That's a huge part of it and there's absolutely no doubt that the left is far more radical than the right is currently. It's, But it's also a question of how insane the center has gotten in what is just considered normal, moderate politics. Yeah. The fact that for the past two years, children have been forced to wear masks in school, and anyone who's spoken out against that or said, I'm not going to cover my face, has been perceived as if there's some kind of maniac who wants to go around spreading viruses and killing people. Um Even though, and I know we can't get into some of the details on the the CDC here, but- The problem is the center has gotten so crazy – and when you look at where they're at now, you start to peer into the past and realize things have been far outside of anything even remotely reasonable for a very long partisan. time, for example. Well, it's partisan, but when you look at the things the Democrats and Republicans are willing to come together and agree on, they're all really terrifying, too. It's the reasonable center that tells us that we have to go to these wars in the Middle right. East that cost trillions of dollars. It's the reasonable center that told us that we needed to spend all of the money and raise the debt ceiling, and now we're $30 trillion in debt. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't, I, think see, don't, see, don't think it's the reasonable center? you don't think it's the These are the bipartisan things that the left and right center. agrees with. I agree with, with
2: Tim on this. I don't think it's a reasonable center at all.
3: Well, I'm using I'm
1: using it's, reasonable it's, 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 here. It's not. No, no. Nancy Pelosi and Rachel Maddow. That, you know, sure, the the people advocating for war are not reasonable centrists. They're corporatist, democratic, uniparty, whatever. No, yeah, no, exactly. My point is like that represents
3: the position of the status quo. That's not some radical position that's outside of the system. That's what I'm saying when I'm referring to the radical center. I'm saying these are the things that the left and right agree upon and the things that they have in common are actually in many cases way more insane than the things that
2: separate them. I'll tell you what's very interesting to me, though, and it, I, I, I posted an article recently about this. You know, when President Trump came into office, everyone argued that he was going to launch the next World War III. Yep. You know, and this is a guy who literally could not have gotten us to a safer position. I mean, created the Abrams Accord, started creating an Arab coalition to be able to fight their own wars so we don't have to be interventionists, started looking at drawdowns so that we could get out of, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq and all these mm-hmm. other areas and start focusing on the America First agenda. Meanwhile, think about it. it was the Democrats are actually saying this. Now, where are we right now? We're literally deploying troops to be able to go into Ukraine and other areas to fight against Russia, creating the Cold War or the 1920s all over again. And these are the exact people who are pointing fingers at the Republican Party.
3: Yeah. Well, when they were complaining about him potentially starting a civil war, they were just upset that they weren't going to get to do it first if he ever
2: did. Well, good thing for them. They actually yeah. were responsible for a lot of it. Yeah. I feel
1: like uh, exactly the night is always darkest before the dawn, man.
4: I'm hoping so. I've been listening to Dave Smith. Mm -hmm. He went on Rogan a couple days ago and was talking about the war in Yemen and about uh, the United States relationship with Saudi Arabia. And like Saudis, like Saud is like one of the most gruesome regimes in the world. You know, it's a dictatorship kingdom and they treat people, their women horribly and by God, yada, 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 it goes on and on and on. But they're just bombing farms in Yemen and fishing boats and murdering people, murdering generations of humans and the U.S. is selling them weapons to do it. Well, maybe not to do it. They're no, selling let, the let, weapons, and that they're for doing. A
2: second, it. though, you're, you're failing to understand, though, also what the proxy militias from Iran, the Houthis, are doing. I mean, they literally shut down and attacked Saudi Aramco. They actually went in there. They're launching missiles. Last week, they just launched another missile that landed in the UAE that killed some of the people there.
5: Because so, the, I mean,
2: this, this, the, the bottom line is that the people that Saudi are actually fighting against are the Iranian pro- proxy militias that were down in the Gulf of Aden and all those other areas. While I agree with you, we necessarily shouldn't be involved. In that war, and that's a war between the Middle East and that region and for their own stability and things like this. And I'm again I'm anti interventionist. You know, the idea of being able to support allies or supporting the others, I mean, th- this is this is one of those areas where it starts to become a quagmire. How deep do you get in? But I'll tell you right now though, it's not like Saudi was just going out there and saying, Oh, well, here's some random farmers we're gonna kill them. No, no, no. These were actually Houthi rebels who had actually launched attacks and who were actually killing Saudis and killing uh, uh, UAE soldiers and things like this over in the area and, were, and are still launching missiles and rockets into Abu Dhabi still today. So you're saying they're firing the um, missiles from Iran? And but then they're targeting so Yemen? They're actually firing them from Yemen and launching are them we, into are, are, other areas. Are we sure they're not false flags? Oh, we're 100% Also, sure. so here's the I'm thing. Well, so
3: the problem, and I just want to mention this. You're absolutely correct that the Houthi rebels do a lot of horrible things. They have child soldiers. But the problem is whenever you look at any conflict in the Middle East, you're going to see a lot of evil on both sides. And there's absolutely. truth in that with respect to, to any conflict you see, even if you're rooting for a particular side. War crimes are common, unfortunately. But I will say this. There is a blockade preventing food from entering Yemen and... Tens of thousands of people are starving to death. Civilians have
2: been made the target of the warfare here. Agreed. But that's always the case. You always have collateral damage. Going back to your point, do you have proof? Well, of course you do. Look at the UN Security Council. Look back when you either had Ban Ki-moon, who was the actual general secretary, or even Gutierrez, where they actually caught the Iranian ships who who are actually shipping in mid-range ballistic missiles into the Houthis, which is a violation of Resolution 2231 or the JCPOA. So there is factual, like, you know, uh, proof where the Iranians were actually supporting the Houthis to be able to launch attacks against Saudi Arabia. So that's not anything that's even up for debate when it's actually been caught by international. So,
1: so this is a, a, a good example. You know, the story Ian is, is telling, the talking point about Yemen. You got to be careful about your sources. And so I want to bring this back to a domestic issue um, that's really difficult to talk about. And this is a story of Amir Locke. So we have this story from progressive.org. Someone holding a, holding a sign saying Amir Locke was lynched by MPD on 2222. Twin Cities protesters are mourning and marching for a mere lock. For those, that aren't, for those that aren't familiar, this is a video of a no-knock warrant, body camera footage. Police enter an apartment, start yelling. Within nine seconds, they kick a couch. A man sleeping under a blanket with a gun emerges, holding the gun, proper trigger discipline, and within a split second, he's shot and killed. Now, the challenge here is upon watching the video, upon hearing the official story that's come out, it sounds like the police lied about what happened. The official report was that they entered the home. The, su- the the person in question pointed a, a a loaded gun. Shots were fired, and then he died. To make it sound like this guy Amir actually fired at the cops. Now we're hearing from the family he had a lice a concealed carry permit for this gun. Now we're seeing posts all over Reddit where they say why isn't every Second Amendment advocate furious about this? Where's the NRA? I mean, this is a, a legal gun owner sleeping on a couch. A no knock warrant. He wasn't the subject of the warrant. And I'll tell you exactly why. I don't believe you. Now, if this guy, when I watched this video, my immediate reaction was this looks like the cops were wrong. This guy was not the target of the warrant. He was sleeping, as is his right, with his gun, probably dumb, but he's allowed to do it. He never pointed the gun at anybody within 9 seconds, they shot and killed him just because he was legally carrying a weapon. The problem is, left, you lie about everything over and over again. So now I see a video that should have my blood boiling and I'm like, well, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. You expect me to come out and march alongside you over this issue? You you expect people who defend gun rights to believe you after every lie we've already been through from the beginning of Black Lives Matter with Trayvon Martin, with what happened in Ferguson that I personally witnessed, to, to uh, uh, Ahmed Arbery, to uh, uh, George Floyd, every single lie. And the same lawyers like Ben Crump are involved in this one. So I'll tell you this. I don't like it. I watched the video. Looks bad. But I'm going to wait. I'm gonna wait because you guys lie all the time, nonstop, and I'm not falling for it ever again.
4: Nice one, dude. Thanks for bringing I, this I, up.
2: I, I gotta say, I think you pretty much hit on all the topics on that one. And, and I'm like you. All know, right, moving well, on. Well, well, no, I mean, I mean, look, here, here's the bottom line: Does he have a right to be able to possess a firearm? Absolutely, because I'm a supporter of constitutional carry. I believe that it's not something that should be provided to us by governmental rights. It was already put into the Constitution, and I'll go a step further and to say it's an it's an inalienable right for us to be able to have defense. However, I gotta say. As a person who has been deployed multiple times, who has served overseas, I can't say outside of, I've always had my rifle within an arm's length away from me, or I've always had a pistol, which is, you know, in the holster, something like that. I can't say that it's not a bit odd that a gentleman actually slept with himself in trigger discipline under the blanket and rose. So again, not commenting on it. Does he have a right to do it? Absolutely has a right to do it. Let's see what the actual research and the investigation finds.
1: Exactly. Yep. Um, you know my my thoughts on this, along with my, many other instances. If you're an American citizen, I don't care about your race. You have a right to keep and bear arms. I, I love it. I'm simultaneously, you know, getting criticism uh, over these more so the gun rights thing because I said every American has a right to own nuclear weapons under the Second Amendment because it says it says it says arms keep and bear arms. Nuclear arms are weapons. Mm-hmm. I went on to then say that we should probably, you know, it would probably very easy easy to amend that. Most people probably want that change, and I'm not advocating for uh, people to have nuclear weapons, but of course far be it from the lying establishment media and left-wing activists to be honest about what my opinion was. So how are you going to criticize me that I, that people, you know, they're saying that I I would not support gun rights for minorities when you're also simultaneously criticizing me for saying people should be allowed to have nuclear weapons? No, the issue is this guy is, is allowed to have his gun. He's allowed to sleep. He's allowed to sleep with his gun and he's allowed to hold his gun in his own home And I got to tell you this, when it came to Brandon Taylor's boyfriend and they kicked his door in, that was found to be a lawful shooting. When Brandon Taylor's boyfriend opened fire on the cops, if you kick someone's door in and they're not aware of what's going on and they open fire, that was found to be justified self-defense from a legal gun owner. So for this guy to be killed within nine seconds of an no-knock warrant, I think it's really, really, really awful. But I also think I'm probably being lied to. And so the last thing I'm going to do is in any way support people who lied before, lied again, lied again. And in all honesty, probably lying now. You cried wolf too much, and I'm not interested in hearing it anymore. Sorry.
4: Did they say that he pointed the gun? Well, how did they phrase that? The
1: I can't remember exactly what the cop said, but they said something like he was an unarmed man was, was seen, shots were fired, and then he died.
4: Because he did point the gun no, at the ground. He didn't point it anymore. Well, he pointed it at the ground. No, he didn't. I thought he got up and held it proper discipline. He's just
1: holding it forward. Okay. When they started shooting him, it's it's like he's laying on a couch and he sits it's up expecting holding trouble it. for sure. Cause and he's
4: sleeping with his gun. He's probably expecting something just in case something bad. Someone comes in or that's not relevant.
2: It's not relevant. Exactly. And to be completely fair, if you're living in some of these cities like New York, for example, where criminality has just gone through the roof or Chicago or any of the rest. And you live in kind of, you know, a less affluent area and you feel that crime is, is a potential threat that could happen to you at any moment. Hey, why wouldn't you have the right to defend yourself? Look, I'm one of those. However, again, I'm like you. I don't want to catch myself into this where we don't know the facts. We don't know the reason for entering. We don't know the guy's background. We don't know whether or not the a surveillance team had watched him enter that building just a moment ago. And maybe he had committed something earlier. Again, I don't want to speculate when there's actual continuing investigations on things. But the one thing that is without debate is that under the Second Amendment right, everyone has a right to bear arms.
1: And so here's the issue. I remember when the George Floyd thing happened. And I made like five or six videos where I was like, this is appalling. This is a problem we have with policing. They shouldn't have done this. And then the body camera footage comes out. And I was like, boy, was I wrong? The dude's fighting. The dude's on drugs. The dude says, put me on the ground several times. And then I'm like, yeah, I think the cops did bad. But the initial reaction was, I thought these cops killed this guy. Mm-hmm. Now it's manslaughter. Now it's like, okay, they should not have done this. Of course, we got, you know, murder conviction out of that. Then the Ahmed Arbery thing. I mean, that is a glorious piece of deceit, deception, misinformation. That mm. Ahmed Arbery was jogging in that neighborhood is one of the most laughable lies I've ever heard. He wasn't, and I and I didn't even learn this until we had on a couple lawyers who had been following the case, and they said, "No, the prosecution even said he was a burglary suspect." That's not in dispute. And I was like, "Wait a minute, what? That's not in dispute. The prosecution even acknowledged that."
3: Yes, I was like, "Wow, boy, they lied to me." No, that's all they do. All he was jogging do. in work boots through a construction site. 20 miles from where he lives. Yeah. You
4: have boots on.
2: But again yes. though, this is this this is where identity politics works for the left. So that lie was going to be spun in a way that was going to benefit them in mm-hmm. some way. I mean, it's the same thing that right now i was just commenting on, you know, again, identity politics for the left has become their bread and butter. I just hope that the right doesn't get caught in this idea of, of the, like trying to like follow suit.
1: The reason I brought this up following the the Yemen point is that we hear a lot this talking point about the crisis in Yemen, and I'm at the point where I'm just like, yo, Unless I read it and research it and know what's going on, I just don't believe it anymore. Hearing it from Dave Smith
3: is not... Proof positive Well, but I did hear this. So, thing. no, to be fair, I did a, a bit of research on Yemen for an educational cartoon we were creating about it, and it is really horrible. I mean, there are some estimates from, um data that's been extrapolated from UNICEF and different historic studies they've done on malnourishment in the region that says as many as 85,000 children may have starved to death become a, because of this. And actually, that's like the midpoint. They said it was between 60,000 and 110,000 based on their estimates.
2: Well, and bear in mind that, that, There was already issues with Yemen. I mean, they were already at a risk of running out of natural, like, fresh water to begin with. That was already a problem. But from a, you know, looking at it from someone who was literally looking at terrorism, counterterrorism for the longest time in the Middle East and and was an analyst for over 10 years and looking at these areas, I can tell you if you looked at the AQAP, where the Al-Qaeda Arabian Peninsula and where the Gulf of Aden and those areas started spiraling out of control, under the Obama administration. The Obama administration, it was a small contained pocket in AQFP. He started well, launching drone topic. strikes sure, on them. And they started growing, 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 growing. And then Iran got involved, started adopting all the Houthis and started getting these riled up. And then you started utilizing, again, it's like you and I, right? If we got in a fight, I don't want to fight in my house. I don't want to fight in your house because we're going to destroy something. Let's go fight in his house. Well, it's a proxy. That's war, what Iran, okay? that's what Iran and Saudi Arabia Ob- continue Obama to do. Obama wanted well,
1: the instability. Absolutely. He wanted Syria to fall so we could build our pipeline in well, Europe.
3: Well, there's also a good argument to be made that he wanted to placate uh, the Saudis because of the nuclear deal that was done with Iran. It's all very complicated, but I will say this. It's true that Yemen was, if I'm not mistaken, the poorest country in the Middle East before this began, but that said, placing a blockade around them when they were already having trouble getting Agre- water I don't, I don't wanna, is absolutely egregious.
1: I don't want to completely divert into talk about Yemen. I was just bringing up the fact that you know we've heard that a lot, and I'm at this point in my life where I'm just like, if an activist comes to me, an activist, and says something about some place, I'm going to be like, dude, you're an activist. I'm not going to believe The you.
4: reason I brought that's up um, Yemen is because we were talking about making concessions to your military. It was kind of the conversation about maybe your military opponents. Because like, you want that. We want this. We don't really agree. But we're going to like look the other way for you. You look the other way it's for us. It's a marriage of convenience. Yeah. We got Saudi selling our oil and US dollars around the world, guaranteeing that our, our US dollar still has some value, basically. So they're like our front man. And if we betray the them, issue, they're the going to stop. Is, the issue is, again...
1: Not to get us into a talk about how sad, horrible the, the, the sods are. What's going on with Yemen, the, 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 what I'm trying to talk about is how the media has lied and manipulated us into foreign wars, how the media has lied and manipulated people into rioting and burning down their own cities, and how they're continuing to do it. And we have the potential for a very real riot right now. I'm already hearing scuttlebutt that there's, a, there's potential riots this weekend over what happened with Amir Locke. It's starting to get warm out. It was 65 degrees out here today. Yeah. When it's warm, people riot. When there's conflict, there's, there's riots. But let me, let me, let me, let me, let me pull this up right here. I have this poll from Civics I love showing. Black Lives Matter. Opposition support. General sentiment. People may start rioting this weekend, uh, over a mere lock being shot and killed by police. And you know what? I don't want people to get hurt. I don't want there to be riots. I don't want people to riot. I don't want people to get shot by cops. But you know what? Democrats, establishment media, You, if you do this, you will face such a reckoning, man. Take a look at this. Before, this is among uh, all voters. Is this all voters? No, this is independent voters. Sorry. Before George Floyd died, support for Black Lives Matter among independent voters was at 41% and opposition was 28. After George Floyd died, 51% of independent voters supported Black Lives Matter. Then the riots happened. And the support started to completely crash. Then Jacob Blake got shot. After the Derek Chauvin trial, Black Lives Matter support dropped dramatically and opposition rose dr- dramatically. Right before, check this out, right before the Ahmed Arbery, uh, Ahmed Arbery verdict, opposition was going down and support was going up. And then right after the verdict, opposition went up. So these people want to come out and they say, oh, Ahmed Arbery and these people, he was jogging and they lynched him. Why do independent voters now oppose you more following that verdict? Well, because again, people were lied to.
2: Correct. That, uh, no, that's exactly that's where I was going to go is because people were lied to. I mean, look, and at the end of the day, no one, yes, is if you find something that's wrong, sure, let's go ahead. We're a nation of laws. I think that the lawlessness that the left basically promotes with these quote unquote protests, which are actual riots, no one can get behind that. And that loses support. And especially whenever there's some type of a, a you know, a, a jury that, you know, sees the case and actually renders a verdict on it, they feel that justice has been rendered. And so the continuation of lawlessness doesn't actually increase the awareness to your cause. It actually denigrates it because it's just lawlessness justifying lawlessness.
1: If Democrats want to preserve whatever votes they might get, they need to come out right now and say, do not protest. Do not. You mean riot. like President
2: Trump when he said, Go home peacefully, yep. but yet somehow
4: that was inciting violence. Dude, Trump was up against the military industrial complex. He had a challenge. These guys are on the side of that thing, and they're trying to manipulate the voters only. Trump was trying to manipulate everybody, and not in the, not in a mean or cruel way, just manipulate. Trump, Trump was trying to the be the voice animals. of
2: the people, and and people didn't like it because they thought that how can a billionaire be the be the voice of the people. But the reality was is that that's exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying to build the middle class. He was trying to hold our adversaries accountable. He was trying to stop our trade imbalances because, I mean, the guy is the art of negotiation. And he became from the art of negotiation to the art of peace deals. I mean, you look at the Abrams Accord. You look at all the different things that he was doing. So, again, this, this is I mean, he did more in four years than it's, most do in eight.
1: It's remarkable how Donald Trump gets, gets attacked for that by the establishment left. Once again, they're like, well, these deals are actually bad. And it's like, you know what, man? <laughs> It is we we are we are truly living in a period of 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 psychosis. You're but right. let me just stress: I love civics because you can see that independent voters. This is brilliant, by the way. The oh yeah, they, they tend to reflect Republicans. So when we talk about which side is truly right, well, independent voters and Republicans agree with each other for the most part. I think it's fair to say, at the very least, the majority of people disagree with the establishment Democrat worldview. And I think it's fair to say, based on Simple research like they lied about all these things hands up don't shoot talk about a lie you know that story Ian
4: uh, that Michael me.
1: Brown had his hands up and that the uh, Darren Wilson I think was the name of the cop was that the cop mm-hmm. shot and killed him and they started marching out their hands up hands up don't shoot and then the Obama's report
3: yep. comes out showing he didn't have his hands up. In
2: fact, he's he rushed charging the
3: cop. the cop. Eric Holder's Justice Department, he rushed the cop and he reached for his gun. He literally committed suicide. Are we talking and about the
2: same Eric Holder who was responsible for Fast and Furious, which yeah. was actually oh, putting yeah. weapons into the hands of cartels that are yep. being utilized against our CBP today? Mm.
1: So if the if the Democrat yep. voter yeah. wants to believe those lies and live in Wally world, by all means, go ahead and do so. But if they want to get violent and and, and start fighting, as they've been doing, we got a very serious problem. Yeah. It was not. A right-wing Trump supporter who uh, went into uh, Portland and shot and killed a Bernie supporter. It was the other way around. That's right. It was a Black Lives Matter supporter with a tattoo on his neck who shot and killed a Trump supporter walking down the street.
2: Well, I mean, think about it. Look at the you know Antifa.com website. Where does it actually take you to? Well, during the campaign, when you would type in Antifa.com, well, it would actually take you over to one location. But my point is, though, we know who the intolerant actually support, and they support Democrats more than they support the conservatives. I mean, we've seen that time and time again. The liberal economic order.
1: No, no, to be fair, Antifa.com was likely bought, purchased by someone on the right and then redirected it to, what was it, Joe Biden?
2: Well, it was it was done by Joe it was it was supporting Biden Harris and now it actually auto links to the White gov.
4: Corey, when you're in the yeah. military, what was it like knowing that we're part of this liberal economic order and the military industrial complex is out there and like but it's still important I understand like the value of the US military. We really can make the world a better place. We can preserve a lot of goodness, but what was it like psychologically?
2: Well I gotta be honest with you, when you're serving in the military, I'm not thinking about the industrial complex, I'm not thinking about GED, Lockheed, Martin, or any other you know when we're going through these military trainings and we're sitting here looking at cohesiveness and we're looking at our brothers to the left and right of us You're not thinking about any of these things. You're only thinking about keeping one another safe. You're only thinking about the fact that, you know, again, I tell people this all the time. It's not the boots. It's the suits. You know, whenever something goes wrong and these boards are being volunteered and, you know, voted on, it's not us who are sitting in the military who are actually voting on these things. We're just out there to basically follow orders and be able to try and go ahead and do what we thought is the right thing, which is to provide protection for our constitutional liberties and freedoms or to help free the oppressed. You know, the old special forces, de oppresso liber mentality. So as someone who was in the military, I wasn't thinking about the industrial complex. I wasn't thinking about these generals looking at their million dollar boards after they get done retiring. I was thinking about making sure that my guys who were in my team were going to be safe on the ground. That
4: and was pe- it. People complain about just following orders, but it's like, can you even have a military if people don't just follow orders?
2: Well, well, look, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm one of those people that if you tell me go out and kill these children and, you know, we're just telling you to do it so you should do it. No, I'm not going to do that. I mean, it's not blindly following orders. It's looking at the facts. So re- let's just say as an example, regardless of the reasoning for the Iraq war, you know, regardless of the falsified documentation or the anthrax or the WMD whatever the case may be we did know for a fact that Saddam ran in a tyrannical rule we did know that there was Shia that were being just slaughtered you know at random we did see the Halabja incident with the Kurds we did see so it's like you know you're still eliminating a bad guy right the problem with America is is that not that we're you know going in and eliminating terrorists or bad guys the problem was that we thought that we could actually create democracy this nation building thing is the biggest quagmire that the Bush administration ever put us in to, and it was the biggest mistake, and that was to prop up the industrial complex.
1: Let, let me ask you about these uh, the police we've been seeing as of recent with uh, what's going on at, at, in the convoys, the, you know, the cops arresting that 78-year-old man, but also the Black Lives Matter protests. You've obviously got the left, they've been screaming abolish the police for the past two years for really stupid reasons. But uh, after a while, I started saying the same thing. Because not only did we see, um, obviously, within the riots, they weren't... Uh, uh, shutting them down. They weren't prosecuting. They weren't arresting. Uh, sometimes they were. But for the most part, the justice system was not going after these people. They were getting a free pass. They got a, they got a free pass in January 17th, 2020. January 6th, these people get rotten solitary. But when we saw the police shut down small businesses, when we saw the police defend Black Lives Matter murals that were painted illegally with seizure of taxpayer money, at that point, I'm just like, you know, what? maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe they've shoved it in our face that the police will, will, Uh, aid and abet the theft of taxpayer funds for political messaging. The police will shut down private business in violation of the Constitution. Why would these cops just follow these orders even though they're not only unconstitutional but in many ways illegal outright? And and why would I even bother supporting them at this point?
2: Well, a lot of them, and and I think we were talking about this earlier actually, we were talking about the fact that a lot of the really good ones they did leave. They ended up going somewhere else. And, and But but you're only seeing this issue in Democrat-controlled cities where yeah, okay. you already have a corrupt mayor. Because remember, it's not the, the law enforcement that's usually the ones who are the issue. They are law enforcement. They're not legislators who are actually creating these laws or creating these types of, of regulations and things that they're trying to enforce. But the problem is, is that then the people who oppose it they just leave the cities and they go to another place and they go, hey, look, I know that this mayor is trying to impose something which is, you know, against something that I'm willing to to adhere to. And those cities just crumble from that point.
1: Yeah, but, you know. I mean, I see your me, point. Me, Don't get me wrong. Yeah, let me, let me. I'll tell you the story I tell everybody. It was when I was buying my first gun. Uh, I live. I was in New Jersey at the time. It's very difficult to get a gun. It took several months, it took like six months, actually, because they were lying to me about how to do it. Should have just went to the gun shop in the first place. But there was a should've, woman... Should have been
2: a Florida resident.
1: Should have been a Florida resident in the first place. Uh, well, West Virginia, we got constitutional carry. So this woman from Pennsylvania, uh, where you're allowed to have guns, was going to Atlantic City. She wanted to go gamble. She was like an older, middle-aged woman, maybe even in her 50s. And she crossed the bridge. She gets pulled over for like a taillight or something. And then when the cop walks up, her thinking, I'll be responsible, like I was told, politely informs the officer that she she does have her, her concealed carry with her, just so that he knows. And he said, okay, you know, step out of the vehicle, ma'am. Uh, put your hands behind your back. And she's shocked what's happening. He goes, you're, you're under arrest. It's a fel- felony possession. You're not allowed to carry a gun in New Jersey. Why did that officer do that? Why didn't that officer just say, ma'am, it's five minutes back to Philadelphia. You're going to turn around. I'm going to escort you to the bridge. Do not bring a gun into New Jersey. It's a crime. Instead, he was like, I think this woman should go to prison for four years. Yeah, that, that sounds about right to me. This is a regular cop. He's not dealing with a riot. He's not stressed out. He just decided upon himself... Yeah, maybe this is an egregious, uh, 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 unconstitutional law, but far be it from me. I'd rather this woman go to prison for four years than.
2: Tar- to- to- totally with you. I mean, let's let's just play devil's advocate for a minute, though. Let's let's say that this young officer, who probably hadn't been out of the academy very long, let's just go ahead and throw that out. He's looking at it, going, "All right, so I've got body cam. My supervisor is going to look at this, and I have an option to either." enforce the law because he was in the right of enforcing the law or if i don't and i do the right thing which is probably to say hey you know what let's turn you back i'm going to lose my job which means i can't feed my family which means my kids look there i mean we have to look at all the things i mean these law enforcement officers first off a lot of them are on thirty five thousand dollars a year forty thousand dollars a year to risk I, I, their I, lives I, I get, I and i mean I, I understand your point but so but does can't it does, say that but does I, it change if that's instead of it being a, a 60 or 70 year old does it change if it's a 20 year old does it change if it's a 19 no, it year old does it change Not as far as i'm concerned you, you, i mean you, that's my point
1: there's no justification for uh, someone this is why
2: constitutional carry needs to be across all 50 states this is a constitutional right to bear arms i agree this shouldn't even be in discussion
1: the issue here is a cultural problem that you would have someone fresh out of the academy be like i would rather this woman go to prison for four years than me lose my job i mean that to me is evil
2: but we don't live in a society of us or them i mean that's exactly what the good for thee not for me you know socialist leftist mentality is isn't it the two-tiered justice system Absolutely. they can get away with it but we can't
1: well i mean in chicago a great example is politicians can carry guns and have armed security but you can't new jersey is the same way in fact in new jersey uh so i i talked to the police and i said well, you know how do you get concealed carry the only way that you can have a gun on your person walking around in any new jersey neighborhood is if you have a concealed carry permit but new jersey is actually a no issue state It's not a real legal distinction. It's just everybody knows New Jersey will not give you one no matter what you do or say unless you are worth a certain amount of money or you have a certain amount of fame. Well, then –
2: Or you know certain people who will sign off like the sheriff or like – exactly.
1: I I think it goes beyond the sheriff. I think in order to get signed off on it, it's like state level or something ridiculous, and they just throw them in the garbage basically. And there's laws about it because it is unconstitutional, but they'll no matter what you do, they'll just tell you to shove off. Unless you can prove you, you work with a certain amount of money or you're famous. Then they're like, oh, well, rich and or famous? Sir, you are entitled to a gun.
2: Well, cause they're, they're trying to make the excuse that, well, I'm at more risk and I have, you know, the ability for people to try and attack me because of my value, because of my, but again though, this you is that two tiered justice system that I was just mentioning. I mean, look, good for thee, not for me. I mean, th- this shouldn't even be a topic of discussion, Tim. That you, you and I were saying that before. Just go back to constitutional carry, and let's just get over it.
1: I've had uh, s- s- uh, situations in Chicago, stories from my friends and things that I've experienced. One, one story my friends told me is that they were hanging out at the park, and they were smoking pot when they were like teenagers. And uh, uh, a cop car pulls up, and it wasn't like a, a patrol car, but it was very obviously a police vehicle. And uh, my friends freak out and they're like 16 and they throw their joint or whatever. And the cop laughs and he goes, D- dude, we don't care that you're smoking pot in the park. We're looking for this guy. Did you see him? And they're like, no. And he's like, all right, man, later. There was other instances where the cops would come by and see people with pipes and stuff. And then he would be like, toss it, bro. Come on. And the dude would like toss it to the side and he'd be like, you're good. So why is it that those cops in this instance in Chicago would be like, I'm not going to arrest some teenagers for what's clearly illegal? But another circumstance, like oh, 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 a constitutional right, heavens! You got to go to prison for that. There are a lot of stories in Chicago of like a dad who tried to get a gun to protect his family because the gun bonds are so insane. Lock him up, go to prison. Well, too bad. You try to get them, they deny you. Even though it's a constitutional right, you got no criminal record, whatever. So they say, I'll, I'll drive to Indiana, forty-five minutes, pick one up, and then you go to prison for it.
2: Or or the states where they're like you can have a gun in your car so long as the ammo is not with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean I, I don't That's understand New Jersey. Yeah, and, I, I don't understand. Maryland that. is apparently really Maryland is bad. yeah Maryland. Is, is I'll tell worst. you what. So so when I when I first came to the D.C. area and coming from Florida, this was a massive shock for me, and it was the same thing. I was talking to someone about, oh yeah, you know I'm going to take my you know pistol and some ammo i'm gonna go do some you know shooting things like that at this maryland gun range and they're like what do you mean you're gonna take your ammo i was like well yeah i'm gonna save money because you know i used to reload i used to do my own stuff so you know i don't want to pay ten dollars a box back then or fifteen dollars a box and they're like no no no. each round that you bring is a felony charge each round and i was like what I mean, this is just insane. Well, it's okay for scene. me to carry my gun, but it wasn't okay. So I'm like, look, so basically you're propping up this gun shop because now I'm forced to buy their ammo. They can charge whatever they want for it. And I'm like,
1: You also, insane. in order to buy uh, weapons in Maryland, it's it's particularly complicated. It's bad. And the funny thing is West Virginia is just 20, 30 minutes, depending on where you are or Virginia. In West Virginia, if you're a resident, you walk in, you got to fill, fill out your NICS background check form. Yep. Then they send it to the feds. Takes a few minutes, and then you can buy your same weapon. As Florida. Got to do a background check, but uh, uh, DC is, is shocking to me because it's federal jurisdiction, and it's the most. It's one of the most strict jurisdictions in the country. I mean, whether you like the guy or not, Enrique or Tario, he had uh, uh, thirty round magazines, standard capacity magazines, and they arrested him for it. Unloaded, you... unloaded. yeah, unloaded. unloaded. Just just pieces of plastic with springs doesn't matter.
2: Well, and again, I, I love how people used to throw out this term. It's gun paraphernalia. I mean, a sticker of what, a gun on your shirt. Exactly. I mean, how far do you go with that? Well, I
1: word- think I think the issue is, you know, I've said this before. If you don't like the fact that people can have guns, amend the Constitution. But don't start violating the Constitution every single day because you're unhappy with it. It's It's crazy to me that the Constitution is explicit. I don't care about what the reason is a well-regulated militia being necessary sure fine whatever the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed the reasoning is, is is irrelevant yet what do we have agreed they've banned everything i love it when they're like no one's coming to take your guns and i'm just like waco excuse me that was 30 years ago come beto on beto
2: o'rourke's exact comment right which he's now gone back on yeah but his exact comment was is i am coming for your ar-15s what an idiot I mean look and, then, and again if that's not infringement of my second amendment rights what is it
1: I th- I honestly think that if you uh, as a, in a campaign declare your intent to violate the constitution you should be ineligible 100% I mean, that agreed that makes
2: sense 100% agreed
1: so when beto says i am going to take your guns away it's like oh well that's a direct statement in violation of the constitution mm-hmm. you can't be allowed to hold power 100% agreed would you
4: let them run like the next cycle then like if they if they atone for the statement I you know,
1: it's it, it is an interesting point because I'm a, bit, a ha, bit, bit facetious, but yeah, how do you recover from saying you intend to violate people's rights?
2: Because then, what's to prevent you from once you're elected from going back on that? Because you've already shown your true intent, but it just wasn't popular. Mm-hmm.
4: And who knows if
1: you're I lying mean, and,
0: all the time? The hey, hey, look, well, doing. that's just being a politician.
1: If you're a, if you're a felon, you can't own a gun. Okay, well, if if you uh, express public in, public intent on in a campaign trail to violate the Constitution, someone should be able to file a lawsuit against you, and then it should go to the courts, and the courts should be like.
4: for no other reason, that he should know that he violated the Constitution. I'll I'll tell you
2: what's even worse than that, though. What about the felons who you're not allowed to vote?
1: I think felons should be allowed to vote. I mean, that's absolutely
2: absurd. At the end of the day, if you go and you serve and you atone for what, what you've been you know, essentially prosecuted for, why shouldn't you maintain your constitutional rights and liberties? Why should you not still be able to vote in our elections? Why should your voice not count?
1: I want to stress the point for those that I'm literally referencing the Madison Cawthorn thing. I know some left is going to be like, but Tim said yesterday they're trying to disqualify Madison Cawthorn. Yeah, I'm saying you want to play ball, we can play ball. If you want to claim that Madison Cawthorn speaking at a rally, it makes him ineligible, then I'll come right out and say you ever express anything in violation of the Constitution, then you're out.
2: I spoke at a rally. I spoke at a Stop the Steal rally one time. I mean, should that ban me in no. any way? Because I was talking with Alan West and Dana Lash, and we were just talking about the fact that we really want to just press for voter integrity. That's it. That's a great we idea. We want to secure yeah. our elections. We should define the, it. I mean, and, and going to that, I, I laughed the other day, by the way, and, and you'll all get a, a kick out of this. This is the analogy I used. Whenever they said that requiring voter ID is suppressing the elections, I almost asked them, I said, that's the equivalent of a car manufacturer saying that we should remove the brakes because it suppresses the acceleration.
4: Which it does intentionally.
2: <laughs> I mean, the whole point is or- safety in there.
1: Or you can say it's it's a car dealership saying we've removed all Carfax. You can't get it anymore because it's a it's a, it threatens the integrity of our industry.
4: Dude, like, you got to – This whole not having a we're license, trying to make sure you're not doing wrong. That's like, exactly that right. Are they gonna? What is this? And then they're gonna be Audit like, okay, if you really want IDs for voting, okay, you got to sign up on the blockchain and get your new perma ID that we can track you everywhere around, and you got to take the chip with you everywhere you go. No,
1: here that's gonna work.
2: Well, but think about it. You getting an ID is difficult it's racist it's suppressive but let's look at vaccine passports Th- that that's not well so, at all so here's a your future here's
1: your future in 20 years some 16 year old is gonna be going to the dmv for his first license or whatever he's gonna finish driver's ed in high school he's gonna walk in he's gonna walk up and he's gonna be like oh uh, yeah i'm getting my driver's license and they're gonna go okay do you have uh your address i need two forms of id and your vax card oh yeah i have it right here Oh, uh, your vax card is a month out of date. Um, you need no, to go No, you haven't you know had was, your 15th booster. Well, it's out of date. So, you've got to do it every month. So, you need to go to uh, this is 711 parking lot where you can get updated and then come back. Oh, okay. And the kid's going to leave and get injected and he's going to come back. She's so going to go, "Okay, here you go. Now you have your ID." And then they're going to be like, "And do you want to register to vote at the same time?" Then they're going to register him only after he completes the process and has his vax passport and all that stuff. You're going to have your mobile app on your phone. It's mm-hmm. going to have your
4: QR code. Fortunately, it looks like the way of the vax stuff is on its way out. The Canadians, man. No, that's the to rat the moon, it's, baby. It's, it's the rat hope experiment. I mean, I do it's have the, hope. I'm not lying.
1: No, it's the rat hope experiment. You know what the rat hope experiment is? Guy takes these cylinders full of water, puts a rat in it. The rat swims for 15 minutes and then drowns. He does it again with other rats. The rat swims for 15 minutes, starts to drown. He pulls it out. He dries it off, lets it rest, puts it back in. The second time, the rats would swim for 60 hours because they had hope. That the hand would pull them out if they just held out a little longer. I predicted this. Granted, I've suggested the possibility of many things. So I don't, I'm not acting like this is foresight. I said because because a few months ago I did say I thought the lockdowns were going to get worse because the Democrats were desperate. I was wrong about that. But I also said I feared what would happen is they would pull back on the restrictions to give everyone hope it's finally over. Oh, and then several months later, wham, double well, down, triple. I'll, down. I'll, I'll
2: tell you what I knew where this was heading. Whenever they started issuing the vax cards, and all of a sudden you started seeing all of those blank slots that are underneath it from the very, very beginning. If it was really about two and done and getting back to society, you'd have had two slots. You'd have had it. It would have been done right. When you saw that there were six and seven and eight extra slots underneath, you already knew this was pre-planned. That's why I called it the plannedemic, not the pandemic.
4: Dude, Donald Rumsfeld said, when we go into Iraq, while we were in Afghanistan, he actually said the words, when we go into Iraq, as if it had been pre-planned. This, All this stuff is, they're just sitting well, back it, there like, what are we going to do? I
3: mean, that's something that's been pushed for for a very long time, though. You have Joe Biden on record saying he wanted to invade Iraq back in 1997.
4: It's all planned.
3: Uh, maybe not all Well, of maybe that. not. It doesn't necessarily have to be a plan. It's just the fact that that's what the establishment always wanted. They knew they'd be able to revenge themselves off of it.
4: Man, this COVID, the weird, it's so weird. I, th- old- I
1: think, um, here's here's my prediction. First... Yes, of course, I know Luke was right and I was wrong. Luke said with Omicron, he thinks everything's going to start pulling back, and that's basically what we're seeing. But I think it's a good possibility that uh, October, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, oh, no, it's getting cold again, and the cases are skyrocketing. We're going to have to do universal mail-in voting again, everybody. Oh,
2: that that that's guaranteed to be utilized. Yeah. I mean, look, the bottom line is, is that the lie has worked once. They're going to continue to utilize it until it's basically pushed back upon. And, and, and here's the other thing. I'm not anti-vax i think that if you feel that you have a compromised immune function i think that if you want to protect yourself with other areas i think that your medical choice your medical right to be able to do so and that's why we created it but also on the adverse if you don't want to take it that's also your medical choice your medical prefer- i mean I look, this is I, why we live in freedom we have freedoms and liberties parental rights medical choice i mean these are all things that we that's I serious think,
1: i think it, i i genuinely mean it when i say just talk to a doctor man we, we talked to our doctor we talked to joe rogan Agreed. Uh, Joe Rogan, (laughs) Joe Rogan, um, Dr. Rogan. No, uh,
2: I actually posted that the other day. I said, I would trust Rogan Rogan over Fauci.
1: Well, what, what Joe Rogan told us was he's like, look, man, don't like, it was basically the gist of it is don't just call a hospital, like find a doctor, call them, see if you'll get some help. And then we found a doctor who was like, I want to give you guys proper treatment and prescriptions. We have a plan and we got it. And, uh, and it was that simple. And so I tell people, if you don't trust your doctor, like, I don't know, we found a doctor who was good. You, yeah. can, you, you just got to shot. You got to call around. You can get around, two
2: and get, three medical, you know, opinions. Right. I mean, that right. that, that it, is you, our ability. Yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah. You really call should. Call a second opinion. But also, I don't think that we should diminish the fact that our independent immunity is something that shouldn't be just necessarily cast aside. You for, can't just say, "Oh, well, your immunity." Oh, don't worry about that. My your, personal your immune system—it
4: should be focused on from the dawn of time. Are we? We have an immune system. Agrees. We have white blood cells. It's wonderful. It's—it's
1: it's, it's, it's what I've been talking about. How if one side of the culture war or the cold civil war is for it, the other side just automatically opposes it. You're right, and that's all it is. Trump was the one who who warp speeded out this vaccine, true. and it was the left claiming they would never go near it. That's right. And then it flipped because Biden was in office, and Biden wanted to push it out, and all of a sudden it's like.
2: This is why I love that Twitter handle, the Defiant Ls. Yes. I mean, that is so fantastic because I I see so many times where he'll show some leftist going, would you trust this vaccine created under Trump? And then like literally after the Biden administration comes in, they're like, how dare you not get this vaccine? (laughs) You know, it's like.
1: That's why it's clown world, man. And that's why I'm just like, I don't care to interact with these people. It's just, it's absurd. They're, they're not. They sit there and claim everyone else isn't acting in good faith, but they believe Brian Stelter is telling the truth.
2: <laughs> Mr. Potato Head.
1: It's, it's ridiculous that CNN can lie as often as they do, as overtly as they do. And that's why I genuinely believe any of these lefties who come out and they're like, I believe this narrative. I'm like, you're lying.
2: Let me tell you you're how I personally caught this. CNN in a lie. So I don't know if you guys know this or not, but so Congressman Ronnie Jackson, when the failed Afghan withdrawal occurred, had a family, a mother and her three children who were Texas 13 natives who were left behind in Afghanistan and they were literally, you know, being hunted down by the Taliban. He called the DOD, tried to get support, couldn't do it, called the Department of State, tried to get help, couldn't do it, called us. I ended up putting a team together that, that we'd assembled and we went over there and actually conducted the very first successful overland rescue of Americans out of Afghanistan. And that was in September. Four hours after we rescued him, what do you think the CNN headline was? State Department saves four Americans. Huh. CNN, first one, four hours after. It wasn't until I started to go on and thank God there was platforms like Sean Hannity who was, who was allowing it, uh, who you know literally just told the whole story. To his credit, and I know this is going to be a shocker, however, which is probably why he's also not there, but you know who also gave me a fair shake? Chris Cuomo. Oh, Believe wow. It or not. He was the one who said, is it true? And we're going to bring on the person who's actually going to tell the truth. So going back, CNN was the first one to break that lie, even after our team went through and you look at Ronnie Jackson's post where he says that it was three, you know, life threatening attempts to try and get this family out of there and CNN and tried to give the State Department full credit of it.
4: How did you get them out of there? Like Classified stuff?
2: No, the, the only reason I won't talk a lot about the operational stuff is because we're still like, we just got 12 people out, uh, about seven days ago. And so I don't want to compromise our operational security on Thanks. that to where we can try and look at the fact that we want to try and continue to help and save more. Oh, um, you know, it, it, it's really a, a sad thing when uh, a citizens, but it's also a good thing. You know, it's like these freedom truckers, right? So it's good when citizens step forward where the government fails.
4: I, his surrender to the Taliban is one of the most egregious losses in the United States history. It was
2: not just a surrender. He not only surrendered to the Taliban, but he gave China exactly what they're asking for. And what was even more... Of, a, of, a, of what I think is a impeachable crime here after not just leaving the Americans. He funded, okay, he left $86 billion in weapons, armament, defense, and cash to known terrorist organizations, the Taliban, Haqqani, and ISIS-K. And imagine if we, as an American, were to send anything to a terrorist organization, a known terrorist organization. I mean, he created what President Trump defeated with Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. I mean, he's literally creating isis and giving them the actual ability well, to do it, but
3: that's what yeah. Obama did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I Obama finds terrorists. The Democrats. All the time.
2: Well, I mean, again, it, we we keep saying Obama, but we already know we're in Obama 2.0, aren't right. we? Right. I mean, that's all we're looking at right now.
1: Doesn't Obama have like property really close to the White House too? Uh,
2: you mean the office that Biden just occupies? I mean, look, <laughs> we, we we know that Obama is sitting here shadow puppeting. I mean, we're seeing the Obama do 2.0 you think so? model.
3: I I don't think so. I I think he's being shadow puppeted by different people. Oh, it's it's also other
2: people. Don't get uh, me wrong.
3: What do you think Obama's involvement is?
2: I mean, I think that, you know, he's essentially telling Joe Biden that, you know, all the things that I did in my administration, I don't want them to be wiped out. I don't want all those executive orders and all those things. I want my legacy to live on. This isn't about America. This is about creating legacies. It's political football. Everyone wants to go ahead and make the next first down.
3: I don't know. I think Obama just kind of wanted to get rich and leave. Which he yeah. did. That's that's what I think. I don't know if he has much of an interest, but... Let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash that like button,
1: subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and help support our work over at TimCast.com. I know I've seen a few of you mention having trouble logging in. If you're having any issues, send an email to members at TimCast.com, and we will immediately get back to you. The issue is that we recently did a major upgrade to reduce the problems, so this means in the future... There should be less bugs, but it means for now the jump is going to result in some bugs. So we are working on it, and uh, we, we know there are some issues, but you just got to send an email to members at TimKiss.com. We'll get you sorted. All right. Let's read some super chats. We got Kyle Pickett. He says, Honkapalooza Festival 2022. Well, all right then. All right. Roberto Lara says, Biden, we need help at the border. Biden goes, huh? Say no more, voters. Everyone, no wrong border, Joe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Fact.
1: Christopher Brem says, Florida 7th is my district. I'm excited to cast my vote for Corey. Very tired of being represented by Stephanie Murphy.
2: Thank you so much. Absolutely. Stephanie Murphy is the person who portrays herself as an actual moderate Dem, but she votes 98% of her time with Pelosi and 94% of her votes is with AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, but yet she still tries to run under the auspice that I'm a blue dog Democrat. You are? Her.
1: Oh, she is.
2: God, I'm the furthest thing from her. Are you kidding me? No, I know. Sam, I like, look, she you can call me a lot you? of names, but I can't believe that you actually just said. That. No, no you said who's? S- you said who's Stephanie Murphy? Well, you
1: said I'm a blue dog. dog. I thought you were no, saying God, she's no. mirroring you. No, 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 no. That's what she's actually no. trying to
2: quote and claim, but clearly yeah. she's not.
1: All right. I can't pronounce that. Zig says, "Is everyone happy? It looks like we're one minute to midnight. Most people don't even recognize it, and we don't know who is calling the shots in our government. One minute to midnight, man. You, uh, I don't. I don't know if that means anything, but." Uh, what's the what's that what's that great quote from frank miller i imagine the a a a uh, doomsday clock is as nourishing to the intellect as a photograph of oxygen to a drowning man you ever hear that? It's
4: from uh, no it's man. cool
1: yeah because they're always like they're we're oh, frank, frank miller. miller we're we're five minutes to midnight and it's like that doesn't even mean anything yeah right like,
4: tomorrow's a new day
1: it's a bunch of people who are like we're closer
4: to the apocalypse sure we are great all right depends on if you're
2: asking al gore or any of the climatists.
4: yeah really Talk about withdrawing that carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, turning it into carbon. By the way, Rathene.
2: kill those cows.
4: Murph says, Tim, your
1: video on the inflation. When you mentioned the person who said they make more than their parents when they were starting out and can't afford rent, it made me wonder how much debt they had and what what, uh, what was on it. This is just a viral meme. I mean, I'm not even saying it's necessarily like a real story. It's someone posting a meme. But what they were saying was their parents were making like a middle class wage, bought a house in the, in the early 90s. Now that house is worth, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, they're making the equivalent buying power wise of like double, but the price of homes are so high they can't even buy. And the cost of rent is higher than the 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 uh, comparable cost of a, a mortgage that their parents were paying. Yeah. And I think you can thank what BlackRock. Is the yeah. Company?
4: Let's thank yeah. BlackRock. Who's got their hands and everything. State Street and uh, Vanguard.
1: Yep. When they buy up all the houses and then rent them out, that's what you get. All right. Bobby Bob says, what is Corey's plans for big tech censorship?
2: Well, let me just tell you right now. The first thing I'm going to do is look at repealing section 230. I mean, look, the bottom line is that we have to stop these platforms. We And I, I know there's argument on this. I talked to, to no, Congressman. Gonna,
1: I was going to push back a little bit. I,
2: I I know what you're getting ready to push back on, but the bottom line is is that we can't allow platforms to continue to go ahead and censor just one side. We can't continue to allow have a, a singular narrative that's being spun in an effort to try and influence or control elections or trying to actually, you know, promote an outcome that isn't favorable to every single American.
1: So this means we need the enforcement of section 230, not Agreed. the
2: repealing of it. So the issue is or the rewriting to ensure that it's just not the, the biggest thing is is that I think that people who are being censored should have a right to be able to go ahead and issue a civil lawsuit against these businesses but they're protected and that's one of the issues.
1: I would I would actually be open to repealing it uh, only because it's a scorched earth policy but I'll tell you Correct. what happens right now. So uh, Twitter has pornography on, on their platform and they're allowed in the app store. Minds.com gets booted from the app store for like one image one time. So it's it's the issue is that they use section 230 as legal protection and it's it's it support their friends and they shut down the little guy. On our website on timcast.com we have to abide by the rules of our partner organizations, even though we're not responsible for any user-generated gener- user content or words spoken in a news report. That's not indicative of something we've said, right. although to, to a certain degree, like, like quotes. Like if, someone, if, if we're quoting someone, you can't come after, uh, come after us for that. The problem is Google says to us, you have no protections under Section 230. We do. So the law is granting the monopolies and the big corporations all of these protections, and then they use their power to shut down anyone who opposes them because they control the system.
2: Yep. So what we need is... And again, I still think that we should be breaking up these technocrats who are trying to basically come in and, and censor and only control one side.
1: Yeah, you I know, think. I'm, I think Rumble is doing a really good job.
2: I mean, look what's happening to OAN as an example. OAN is oh, yeah. a fantastic news station and they're getting deplatformed nonstop.
1: I've, I think Rumble is... A, I, I'm fairly yeah. optimistic. I think these big tech platforms are, are nuking themselves. Facebook stock drops 30%. Their growth yeah. is in the gutter. I look at, uh, you know, I've, I've been telling people this. If you want to get started making videos or podcasts, go to Rumble. There's a bit that you, you will, your channel, channel will grow faster on Rumble than YouTube. And you're not going to get banned. Agreed. It's, it's not even worth it to be on YouTube for the most part. We're only here mostly because been here, you know. And uh, we do upload our content to, to Rumble. Plus, we use their infrastructure. I was
4: thinking if we tried to uh, break up the corporations like Facebook into like six smaller corporations, Facebook Prime, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, et cetera, Zuckerberg would still have all the code private. He could just spin up new shit with it. Oh, pardon me. And uh, that's <laughs> my one one per month. And uh, so w- if we can force them to free their software code so that other people have access to the technology, that I, might be a better I, way I to break I still think that the
2: best thing to do is, is be able to make it to where if you are an individual who is censored. And you feel that it's a result of you being a conservative, you being, you know, I, I've been censored by Twitter in the past, for example. I mean, they still won't verify me. Imagine that, even though I follow all their rules. Um, I think that you should be able to file a civil suit against them. And I think that eventually it'll get so expensive for them to continue to fight these battles that at that stage, because, again, these big corporations, these technocrats who are trying to control and make that influence, you have to hit them where it hurts the most. And that's financially in their pockets.
1: Yeah. All right. Turk Longwell says, Corey, sir, why so many based politicians in Florida? And what's up with the three pins you are wearing? Hoorah, devil dog here. I don't want a civil war.
2: Well, the reason we're so based in Florida is because Florida is America. I mean, look, (laughs) we're, we're not sitting here with the same censorship. One of the things that makes us great Is tremendous leaders like Governor DeSantis. I mean, that's the biggest thing. As for the pens, uh, let's see, I've got my, uh, airborne wings, I've got my bronze star and, uh, my combat medical badge for when I was deployed to combat. So, uh, just representing and trying to ensure that I, uh, you know, show for my vets.
4: Did you make a lot of jumps in the airborne?
2: I did. How many? Um, well, if you talk to an actual like World War II veteran, because I got set up on this one time, I was sitting at the All-American Week one time and I had this, this old guy come up and he goes, how many jumps do you have? And at the time I was a young specialist, I had like 33 jumps, something like that. He goes, wow. He goes, I only have three. And I thought to myself, how do you have three? And I I, I learned the setup. Yeah. He goes, yeah. So Operation Market Garden, nine Megan. And at that point I was like, sir, what would you like to drink? <laughs> yes. So when it comes to that question, if it's, if it's for combat zero, thank you. Yeah
1: so so where's that change from did they back in the day would only reference the actual combat missions
2: that was just the old guy setting me up and the young guy getting what he deserved (laughs) that that was like pulling out the challenge coin right there i was like sir how how many drinks would you like and i'll be buying all night
1: (laughs) that's a good one all right dixie um miss normus first name dixie says slash the tires truck driver here those tires are 100 plus psi even if you could slash it with the hand tool, you'll have your arm degloved, honk. Well, I guess they don't teach that at Harvard. This lady <laughs> – this, 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 I mean, yeah, honestly, there's a video I watched of. There's a big rig She's and a tire blew out yeah. and, like, the guy got knocked back, like, yeah. 50 feet or something, just, like, thrown back. This lady, you shouldn't be telling – someone's going to do it. Some stupid person's going to be like – no, I, I wonder
3: if they'll uh, ban her channel on incitement or her Twitter account on incitement. I, I'd hold my breath for no, something not. like that. Yeah, Harvard professor. Yeah. Brilliant.
2: And, and and she's obviously clearly on the left. So yeah. Well, the answer's th- no.
3: this, is, uh, this is who is teaching the people who go to Harvard. So. That's great.
1: why we
2: talk about the indoctrination of these mm-hmm. higher Ivy League schools.
1: We have uh Dylan Massey who says yeah, I haven't cool. watched a member segment in a couple of months. I pay for the membership to support the cause. Keep up the good work, Tim. Commenting from the middle of GA, Marjorie Taylor Greene is the best rep of my lifetime. I'm a big fan. She's great. She's, yeah, a, she's, she's, she's she's fantastic. She's really nice. We have great conversations and boy does the media smear her relentlessly and it's and it's and it's so much BS. They're, they're coming after her because she said, said gazpacho, and I'm like, that's not relevant to politics in any way. I think it's but stupid.
3: You know what I really like about her is the fact that she got called out for that gaffe. Lots of politicians make gaffes. She laughed about it when she was on the show. I mean, I, I really do like her. Yeah. The, the, the fact that you have a political leader who's actually going to poke fun at themselves for something they got called out for doing is really unprecedented. None no of them No one do that. makes
2: more gaffes than Joe Biden. It's Let's true. just be clear. And the media yeah. will cover for him left, right, and center.
1: They translate for him. Yes, they do. They
2: do. He'll, it's true. What, what joe meant to say was, well
1: no no they do this i love it because even conservatives do this joe biden will come out and he'll be like we got a you know you know we got a economy uh and we got to improve the economy uh for for uh our kids because uh oh anyway that was then, actually
2: way too coherent <laughs> it's more but, like but, but, but what, what happens uh, is
1: orange
5: the media then, the
1: media then writes Pick quote up. we need to improve the economy for our kids
3: They cut out all the, all the
1: bunk,
5: all the BS,
3: and they just write simple words, and I'm like, he never said those words. This is a classic thing the media will do. If, if they're reporting on a statement from somebody who they don't like, they include, um, and, uh, and every little gaff, and they'll put little dot dot dots in there, they'll put little periods in there to indicate that the person Mm maybe trailed off, but if it's someone they like, they clean it up, make it sound really nice. So I
1: wanna, I wanna just say to, uh, to Dylan, who is a member, um, by being a member, but also not watching, I just gotta say, see, that's, I preferred if you watch the member segments. I think they're fantastic. But then it uh, uh, it actually costs us money every time someone watches a member segment because it's it's private proprietary, unlike YouTube or whatever. So uh, not only are you supporting the cause, it's very cheap for us because you're not costing us any money. But uh, I will say, if you guys really want to support our work, we are um, we do have sponsors. We periodic, periodically read, but uh, we are are principally funded by memberships. And so the more people who sign up. The more we can expand, the more people we can hire, the more we can budget. And we are doing that. We have a new building being built in West Virginia. It's going to be amazing. We're actually planning on setting up some kind of um, private club for our members. So there will be on this free on Freedomistan like a club, private club with like a bar and games. You can come hang out. And we're thinking of using NFTs as like your membership cards or however, but as we're talking about right now, and there will be a discord along with it, really excited for that. And it's uh, all possible because you guys help support us over at TimCast.com as members. And we're actually uh, planning on um, having these streams on the website and everything as well. All right. Let's see what we got. Lewis says, Ian, I deeply respect that despite the harsh words you get from the chat, you
4: always voice your opinion without trying to mold yourself to the in-group. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah it, is, it is true. It's like um, when you get criticism, positive or negative, Try what I try to do is not take it personally but listen to it and and understand it and then see try to look for some because there's you almost always some value in criticism.
3: Yeah, well no, I I also want to say that I I really do admire that too, the fact that you you don't really let it get to you when you do get negative comments. I think that's cool. And the fact that like even though you do disagree with a lot
2: of people in the chat, you still sort of come on and voice your opinion. But the thing that's great about him is that he's open minded enough to at least one give them the opportunity to speak and two you take it in you actually analyze it, and go okay well maybe this is a pretty good point i still don't agree with you 100 percent on it but like you're open you're open-minded unlike the left who is so intolerant that if you don't actually say and utilize the exact same narrative as they use you just continually attack and re- response so yeah hats off but, to you on that but
1: i think a lot of people too also don't understand because you know there's there's periodic uh adrian curry in the chat saying ian is awesome so you see you see ian <laughs> needs to be here because otherwise we'd be just another run of the mill political talk show you'd be in
2: a sound vacuum
1: there's got to be there's got to be a more unique perspectives and so that's one thing that you know Ian brings when he when he arbitrarily goes off on rants about aliens or magnetic fields
4: and for all you critics out there I will rewatch the show and be like shut up Ian because sometimes I talk <laughs> when I want to hear the other the brilliant guests you know and the other awesome
1: hosts but it is good to have um you know there there's there's very homogenized political voices in this space and for whatever reason, Ian is this, like, completely separate, you know, perspective on everything. So it, it works out. Helping us see things we don't normally see ourselves, there even if know. sometimes we think it's dumb. You got to have that, man. I knew, also, was, I knew
2: it was good when he came out and he had no shoes on.
1: Oh, yeah.
4: <laughs> I'm sitting cross-legged right now. Also, Ian yeah. let me an air he used, mattress. He used, he used to not even get dressed. He wears pajamas. Him. And I was like, yo, Ian. Oh, like, and, oh, wait, yeah. and I was like, what does it matter what I wear, Tim? And I was like, oh, yeah. What does it matter what I wear? So I just wear whatever. That's I was like, well, I was like, does that makes sense. I was like, you got to put on pants. Yeah, like, and <laughs> I was like, okay. So then the point was, I try to say that a little <laughs> <got scar>. <laughs> Right. I was like, what does it matter what I wear, dude? And then I thought about it, and I was like, that's a good point, Ian. What does it matter? So just wear what he's asking you to wear. Who gives a, you know? It well, it's matter. just because like, you know, when we have I had, like messy hair of- and my pajamas, and then we've got like Steve Bannon coming in and like Alex Jones, Donald Trump's coming over, and we're like, yeah, let's like, and, like Ian's in his where's, pajamas. Where's and, some- like,
1: It was one thing when it was like we weren't really having that many guests. But this is something I've thought of.
4: It's almost like I'm more encouraged to wear dirty jeans five days in a row than clean pajamas every day, Yep, which is very weird because it becomes about optics. But that's
3: not – I mean that's not necessarily the dichotomy. You could wear – clean jeans every day yeah but a, that's an option for you <laughs> <laughs> Ian, we love you like i said there was um for those that not hear. i mean ian ian has lent me an air mattress to sleep on it yeah. yeah yeah oh, man, good, that's good nice guy much, much appreciated mattress. man all right man, let's read some more it. let's read some more we got uh
1: storm viking says tim the boomers are lost and stuck in the 70s they think the economy is booming and biden has the greatest job growth in u.s history i shake my head at my grandparents every time i'm around them tell them to stop watching
2: cnn Or MSNBC or most of your mainstream media.
1: Steve says we really are in World War III. The two sides are freedom and authoritarianism. The authoritarians already won; they own every single institution. I disagree. They may own many of them, but they're losing them, and it's laughably bad. I mean, the freedom convoy—they're—they're—the freak out over this is is hilarious. Biden calls Trudeau, and he's like, "You got to stop this." And then Trudeau's like, "I, you better get out of here, or else." And the truckers are like, "No." Mm-hmm. And then nothing out. They can't do anything about it.
2: Or like you just talked about before with Facebook's uh, Facebook's uh, huge drop. I mean, yeah, thirty percent,
1: thirty percent drop. Yeah, in that's stock.
2: massive.
3: Also, I mean the thing the left wants you to believe is that they've won. That's what all their propaganda is oriented towards making you believe. They want you to think that everyone agrees with them and that standing up to them is futile. And unfortunately, conservatives play into it because we'll see something which is legitimately upsetting, such as them trying to you know, promote the gay agenda through their advertisements. And then we go, oh my gosh, it's done. It's over. They've won. No, there's still a lot of pushing back that we're able to do if we're willing to really unify and boycott the companies that support these ridiculous left-wing agendas, try to vote in the proper politicians, and also, most importantly, speak... Up when we are around people, even if we are not sure that they will agree with us. Yeah. yeah, I'm
2: all about people educating themselves. I mean, this is the problem. The only time that this misinformation propaganda warfare succeeds is when you fail to be able to research and look for the truth yourself. I mean, that's really where people... That's where China has preyed upon things. I mean, even the other day, Steve Bannon and Maureen Bannon had used one of my tweets because remember when the, the HHS said that the reason for the Cuban uprising was because there wasn't enough vaccinations. I mean, mm-hmm. the, these are the things yeah. where... You know, I came forward and I said, Oh, great piece by the misinformation propaganda wing of, you know, the US government. I mean, again, research, find the truth.
1: You know what I used to love doing in Chicago during the Obama years? I'd be walking down the street with a friend, and then as soon as someone, some stranger, was getting within earshot, I would go, Yeah, I would just immediately turn to my friend and say, Yeah, no, no, I I know, but Obama did bomb and kill all those kids Mm -hmm. as we walked past them. So (laughs) it's like, I want them to hear that. I'm not going to confront them on it. I'm not going to say it to him. I just want that to be
3: said as they walked past <laughs> And me. now that's literally his job. This is like what you've done for a career. Like, I'm going to make sure these people hear this. It's just oh, funny. Yeah, like yeah. Tim Cast, Obama literally, kids. Tim, yeah. Tim got his start walking down the street saying these things. I love it.
1: Well, it's because I was doing the nonprofit stuff where like we'd go yeah. the street and we'd fundraise. And so I would just be like, it's, it's an interesting situation for someone. Who, if you're walking down the street, minding your own business, and then you hear someone say something. I'm not challenging them. I'm not arguing with them. I'm not trying to make them believe it. It's just something I said. So my idea there was hopefully that person just goes, is that true? Was that guy? Who is that guy? And then they look it up and go, whoa, he did kill kids.
3: Well, it's the Obama, unfortunate.
1: Obama
4: did bomb kids. I wonder <laughs> and if it's the,
3: oh, Well, it's unfortunate, but for as much as I like Trump, I, he's definitely the favorite president of my life. Now, now to be fair, I'm, I'm only 26 here, right? That's not saying much. But he continued a lot of that, too. I mean, for example, we were talking about Yemen earlier. He kept us there it's yeah. very disappointing I he's not well, he I wanna, could have been either I read some more now super I think chants. there's an argument to be made that he was not able to do a lot of the things he would wanted to have done because of the deep state operating against him but let's, should let's still flag that
1: let's read some more super chats
3: we got Tony he says
1: with the first link the chain is forged the first speech censured the first thought forbidden the first freedom denied chains us all irrevocably it is a brilliant quote and uh, it's from Star Trek The Next Generation it's very good David says, with Kinzinger stating his belief that it will come down to to targeted assassinations, which side is more likely to take the extreme action? I could be wrong, but I believe he's planting a seed. I don't know, uh, I I don't know if it's relevant. The the main point is people are going to fight. You know. That's the point of a civil war. Well, and,
2: and, and as I talked about before, it's not like what he's saying hasn't already occurred. We watched this with Representative Steve Scalise.
1: Tom's Pants says, Amir Locke reached for and picked up the gun after the police announced upon entry. Clearly visible even in the video TYT lied about. I don't know if I agree with that. He's under the covers. I don't know what he's doing. It was nine seconds. And uh, additionally, look, I think the police lied. I don't think we have all the details. I'm not going to fall for this. But uh, look, when the police come in and are yelling, I have no idea what they're saying. I mean, you said you heard what they were saying. I can't tell.
2: I mean, it, I heard it very clearly. I mean, they they were clearly saying that, you know, search warrants and show your hands. I mean, but that's, I, 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 I definitely I, could hear it.
1: I don't, I don't think it matters. I mean, if I'm going to rob someone's house, I'm going to yell that. Agreed. Mm. If, you know, burglar wants to invade your home while you're sleeping, they're going to yell, police, nobody move. They do it all the time, actually. It's a big problem. So, look, man, no-knock warrants. I agree with, you know, Rand Paul introduced that bill. He was trying to get no-knock warrants banned or whatever. I think they're unconstitutional. I also think the Young Turks are are liars. I believe they lie a lot.
2: So, um, I think that we've seen that with the no knock warrants. Yeah. In most cases, it usually ends up in a way that it's hard to determine who's at fault. And I mean, I would support the idea of getting rid of no knock warrants. Yeah. I mean,
1: Rilo says, Ian, stop trying to rationalize the motivations of the left while they are punching you in the face. You're in a fight because the left said you are. Fight back any way you can, or you will be a slave. If, if it
4: was a situation where we were literally in a physical fight, I would fight back. But we're still in the demo, We're still in the diplomatic phase, and and people emotionally no. charged can be communicated with. Trust so, me.
1: So, so you need to read the Art of War, man, because you are
4: you are victim to so much. But how do you know I'm telling the truth right now? What do you mean? I'm, dude. I'm a maniac actor, dude. <laughs> what does that have to do with what you just I'm said? I'm here now? to manipulate people, bro. Why?
3: Why would you say that? <laughs> well, because what, what, I'm what are you right telling now? the truth? So, when so you how said how that? can you so tell? It's like so pretending you're My what goal you is to
4: help people, and I think that communication is the best way and that is my my hill you
1: got a guy who keeps coming up and stealing from your garden and you say well they're not fighting me so i'm fine with it
4: no stealing is a form of fighting yeah i think that is well they're stealing from you every day bro i love the way you think tim
2: what do you mean like hey man i mean look at I just the federal the, reserve the, you complain about I, don't it think think can yeah, I
4: don't think we can physical taxation through inflation i don't think we can physically problems. fight the military industrial complex oh, no. so people are posting
1: to... ones oh <laughs> <laughs> no some people posted some 20s thanks guys so in Dungeons and Dragons, when you roll a one, it's like absolute failure, abject failure, and a 20 is like total success. So when Ian says something, it's a one or a 20.
4: But I also went to like liberal arts college with a bunch of these people that were talking about the leftists. Like this is my, my people. And I know they can be communicated with, they just do it emotionally instead of logically. Um, I actually agree, I, I actually gotta,
1: agree
2: with the emotional versus logic thing.
1: I have to read this one, but you might not like it, it's critical. Of course it is. Howard says, your guest is worse than Congressman Dan Crenshaw.
2: I don't even know how to answer to that. (laughs) Considering that I'm an anti-interventionist and considering that I would never vote for red flag laws and that I actually own one of only like, what, three A5 warhead presses in America that helps to support like our military and our law enforcement for trainings and things like that. that?
1: Crenshaw canceled on us twice.
2: Oh well, of course he would because he yeah. doesn't want to actually come on and have to
4: debate. Maybe, I mean, maybe he's busy. I want him on. That's why I said that.
1: I mean, I'm I'm not here to disrespect him for not coming on my show. It's like you don't have to come on my show. It's it's a favor to me and to everybody. But we we invited him out. He said maybe someday. He eventually said sure. Then he canceled because he said we had a vote. Then he said I'll reschedule for next week. And then he said scheduling conflict can't come. Uh, so, so
3: would you you know. would describe yourself as a non-interventionist?
2: Yeah, I don't think I I would describe myself as an America First conservative. I mean, I think that us trying to involve ourselves in foreign wars that has nothing to do with us, does not threaten the homeland, does not threaten our constitutional liberties and freedoms. And the idea that we should be securing our own borders before we're worried about Canada and Ukraine and all the other nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that I would definitely describe myself as an America first agenda. I mean, domestic production, domestic growth. I mean. That's where we need to be. I
3: I would agree with you that that's what our policy should be. But earlier, it seemed as if you were defending our our, uh, role in Yemen. Maybe I misunderstood. No, it wasn't defending our our role in
2: Yemen. I was talking about the role that we played. Okay. And see, this is
3: the thing you need to understand, too. Telling someone the truth
1: about what's going on, it's like, you know, if Ian comes out and says, everything that's happening there, we're doing is bad, and then you're like, well, actually, here's what's really happening. That's not supportive. I was simply just giving the fact. You you did
3: describe the, the death of the children as collateral damage.
2: Because, unfortunately, and this is why I am an anti-reventionist and I don't like wars, because, again, who who wants peace more than the people who actually have to fight these things? Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, I've been involved in many of these wars, many of these conflicts, and I've seen where collateral damage is actually occurring I've seen in the streets of Iraq where a firefight goes off and there's innocent families who are being killed mm. so
1: and, and and calling something collateral damage doesn't mean you're supporting it so here's it's my a, it's point. A and reference to I
2: think well I think what you're absolutely right about is that people
3: who have served in the military and seen conflict tend to be the most anti-war all of my friends who are the most anti-war veterans they're actually the people who convinced me to take the positions I have my point is just that I think one thing that we fail at as conservatives very often is we use the language of the left and we use the language of our adversaries and we'll play into their euphemisms. And I think collateral damage is one of those euphemisms.
2: So what do we say? The innocent that are being killed? I would say so, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it. you also have to understand that military vernacular and the way that we speak in the military, we're very like acronym based and we utilize things Mm -hmm. that we learn. Collateral damage is a term that we utilize in the military and it's something that we talk about all the time. And so for me, it's just a very familiar term.
3: That's fair. Then we misunderstood each other. I would say that I would argue that there is is better terminology to use. I understand based on your background and why you'd be more likely to. I would encourage people to refer to it as the death of innocent children.
1: All right. Darius says, Tim, typically New Jersey police make an average $123,000 a year. 34K is showing as minimum, and it is likely just court police making the small amount while retired. Oh well, there you go. Interesting. That's why they
4: they'll they'll do it. They'll it's be like awesome I'm lose it though, grand so high, to you. I mean.
1: Yo, know, I New
4: Jersey's a corrupt, dirty state. It's like two Illinois is too. worse. You got that little New York armpit of high industry and then you've got the rest of the state which is like and why do they have the same laws? It makes no sense. I kind of understand not concealed carry in a densely urban area. How do you feel about that?
2: Again, I don't know enough about New Jersey politics and about how like things are working there from a the law enforcement perspective, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm still trying to process the fact of 120 something thousand because I got a buddy of mine who's on the SWAT team there in St. John's County in Florida and he's making like 47 to 50. Wow. I mean, it's insane. All I, right. I, I still can't believe that.
1: Ponton says, this here is what is not cool. Wasting super chat time talking about Ian with high dollar topic relevant chats go in the trash. Really needs fixing. We don't choose super chats based on price for the most part. We do tend to read higher super chats more than lower ones, but um my goal is not to make it so that people who can't afford super chats get ignored. Sometimes I I'm 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 am I'm, I'm a, I'm a I'm a super chat communist in that regard. I think, I think I'm, like, I'm, I'm 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 sorry, I'm sorry. I'm a more of like a democratic socialist super chat here. <laughs> yeah. Like still a little bit of capitalism in there, you know. I if someone does give us a lot of money, I want to make sure we we're going to respect and support that. But not every person, some people will give high dollar super chats with really awful comments, and some people with five bucks
4: have some of the best, so we try to we try to you know balance it out. Yeah, I was thinking, is there something I could do that would help this show get more popular faster? and I'm trying to like am I slowing it down by talking you gotta to get you ripped God I'm gonna get ripped, you guys oh just, you're right actually and wear clean jeans just, yeah,
1: just one day Ian's wearing like a really tight tank top or whatever, and he's just like bulging muscles like carrot
4: top you're right. I was thinking that this morning. Voice drops it, two People gain so much respect for you when you're ripped, when you're in, in good shape. Because it's like, you know that person has discipline. I want to I want to be like that person. What
1: if, like, in three months, Ian's super ripped and his head's shaved and he's got, like, no no beard. His voice is dropped. I want he's to be back to for like the first this. show that okay. happens. Deal. <laughs> let's do it. I'll call you. All right. Let's see. Armored Jester says, ladies and gents, we got Ian to see the light.
4: Thank you, well, everyone. there you go. I love you.
1: All right. It's Jeremy says, Tim, would you consider a major fundraise via GiveSend to go to take on larger projects like movies or documentaries? Yes, absolutely. We just need to get to that point. I think once we get the new fa- new facility set up, um, I've I've thought about it. You know, we had um, Nick Cersei on the show. he has been in a, a bunch of, you know, big movies and TV shows, he was on Justified. And I asked him, like, how much does it cost to do like one of these documentaries or films? And he's like, A million bucks. And I'm like, Okay, we'd yeah. have to do a fundraiser for that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. And, uh, if we have people who are pitching us and they want to do it, and we think we can do it, it's not just about the good pitch, we need the great producers and directors. And then, once we have that plan, okay, let's do a fundraiser for it. But I mean, you look at, um, Gosnell, that film they did, it was four mm-hmm. million dollars, it was a four million dollar budget. That's a lot of money, man. It's crazy. I'm like, how do you even get that money? So, maybe, you know, we're looking at much smaller productions, like a hundred grand, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, some documentaries and things like that, but, yeah, well, we, we can definitely do some fundraisers to it for people who are interested. All right, let's see. Chief Strider says, Tim, the civil war hawk. Did you know that the truckers blocking the border and commerce can be viewed as an act of domestic terror, which would give the government the opening to use the military? Yes, that's literally why they're doing it. And um, I think it's a peaceful protest. But what do you know, man? I don't know. All right, let's just read one more. We got Crypto Daddy says from West Virginia. Lost my job for refusing to wear a mask. After I had COVID and vaxxed weren't required. Union rep and supervisor were uh, related, lied about what happened, would love to tell my story, and intern. Uh, send an email to spin the UFO at com. We'll and again, this look. is
2: one of the things that I'm really, really against. And, and, and these unconstitutional mandates, mm. you know, I just I, – I cannot support when you're watching – Your first responders who are being terminated for not taking these vaccinations, or you're putting people into a position or a predicament where it's either you keep, you know, you have to make the decision, do I take a vaccination that I don't really want to take in order to feed my family, or do I stand on my principles and then I have to worry about putting food on the table for my kids? No American should have to come to that. Medical choice is a real thing, and we need to be supporting that.
1: Right on. All right, everybody, if you haven't already, smash that like button. One like equals one honk. Go to timcast.com. Help support our work. Sign up, become members. You'll get access to a huge library of members-only content. We also have the Green Room Show, which has your favorite people behind the scenes, candid, just hanging out, having a drink maybe. Definitely want to check that out. And uh, smash the like button. Like I said, subscribe. Share the show with your friends. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL on Instagram or anywhere else. You can follow me at TimCast on Instagram or anywhere else. You want to shout anything out,
2: Corey? Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to tell everybody, one, thanks for having me on the show. What a fantastic show. I love it. I want to continue to support the platform. I definitely want to make sure that we're always maintaining free speech. I mean, it's one of the things I'm big on. Uh, for those who are listening, if you like anything that I had to say, please join me at uh, on my Twitter handle, which is, you know, at FL, or go to our campaign website, which is millsforflorida.com. Right on. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Um,
3: and if, if you guys want to check my work out, you can look at uh, Freedom Tunes. We upload animated political satire every Thursday, we released a video two days ago called Fed Talks. I think you all will enjoy it.
4: Is it Mills for Freedom, the number four or the word? No.
2: So it's Mills, F-O-R, Florida.com. And again, proud to say we're the most nationally endorsed candidate right now. And wow. we'll be speaking at CPAC and just endorsed by ACU. Uh So the the uh, conservative union actually just endorsed this. So I'm really, really proud. And uh, thanks to Matt Schlapp, the board and ACU for, you know, finding the confidence in me to be able to go forward and be a constitutionalist and fight for American freedoms.
4: Great cool. to see you, man. Awesome to meet you. Really Likewise. cool. Looking forward Thank to seeing so you again.
2: Uh, Wear a new pair of clean jeans. It's not going <laughs> to happen.
4: <laughs> Get ripped and tank man, top. Cor- well, uh, oh, I, I am going to do that, though. Follow uh, me at iancrossland.net. I'll catch you guys next week.
5: Thank you guys for tuning in this evening. You may follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at Sour patch Lids.
4: Head over to
1: YouTube.com forward slash Cast Castle because we put up a vlog episode every day and you can watch the shenanigans that's occurring here at the castle. It's a semi-fictional vlog. We do bits. It's funny. You'll love it. Seamus was torturing people, so uh, check that's it out. True. Thanks for hanging out, <laughs> and we'll see you all next time. Bye, guys.